Hey everybody, it's episode 222 of PodQuest. That was an ungodly long break. It wasn't that long. It felt forever. No, it was like five seconds. Uh, didn't seem like it. It's Wednesday, November 28th, 2018. I am Chris, with me is Walnut. Yeah. Druton's taking the week off. Yeah, apparently, like, he has to be a husband or something. What a good guy he is. Don't, don't encourage. <laughs> it's, you, you heard the sarcasm in my voice, I'm sure. Yeah. So, just two of us this week. Um, there is some news, though, that probably, some of the, some of the bigger news, I would say Drew would be less interested in to begin with. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. He, he would probably find himself a little bored. I feel like he usually finds himself a little bored. Only when we start talking about, like, TV shows. Yeah, because he doesn't like fun, yeah. except for wrestling. Yeah, he doesn't. Which isn't fun. I mean, he just doesn't really watch much television, yeah. so. Which I watch too much television. Me too. Uh, I'm, at, I'm at the Ninja Zords and nice. Power Rangers. Did you watch? No, you gotta watch the movie in between, though. I didn't yet. I'm going to before the next time I sit Dude. down and watch it. We'll talk about that later. You know what was the best thing ever? That year at Otakon, I want to say it was 2010, maybe, With, where yeah. we were all going to see something, and we got there, and we sat down, and it ended up just being the, the Power Rangers movie. Yeah. I don't yeah. remember what it was originally well, supposed no, to be. it was... I don't even think we were going to see something. It was just, hey, we have like four hours till there's something to do. What's in here? Oh, fuck, it's the Power Rangers movie. Let's watch it. Yeah, maybe that's right. I could have sworn there was supposed to be something else playing, because I know yeah. that's happened before, where... Yeah. yeah. I want to say, like, Helsing Unlimited was supposed to play one year. I, I remember seeing that one year. So it played at Katsuka, and then I think it played at Otakon like a few years later, but this was like when like the first like episode or two had just come out. Yeah. Um, and it ended up not playing, they just played something else random in its spot. Oh, right, okay. Because I guess like, it didn't arrive in time or something. Yeah. Um, Otakon, what a, what a shit show that thing is. <laughs> I actually, um, Erica and I are finally almost done Bleach. We have like four episodes to go. And all through the final arc where he has the powers from his yeah, like soul he, society he, thing? He just got his um, Soul Reaper powers back. Okay. Like, Rookie. Like, this was the first episode where, like, the fighting started, but, like, the previous episode was the one where the bad guy literally, like, drained all of the Fulbring power out of him. Yeah. And then Rukia shows up, stabs him with the blue energy sword, and then all the rest of the captains show up. Yeah. And, like, it ends with him, like... And his his new look is so badass. Yeah, too. and the, the sword looks really cool, too, now. Yeah, it's got a different kind of cross guard and everything like that. Well, I haven't seen him do a Bankai yet. Oh. I'm right. just talking about his normal, like, meat cleaver sword. It's got, like... Like a hook to it or something. Yeah, it, like, hooks a little bit. It, it feels like it's a little shorter, but, like, fatter in, near, like, the, the base of it. Yeah. But, uh, he, he, he did the, the thing where... The bad guy is, like, standing there, and he just kind of, like, like whiffs an attack at him. And the guy, like, just kind of blocks it and goes, that's all you've got? Like, you're not even, like, a fraction of what you were. And, and then you got the bleach blood explode. No, no, not even that. It was, um, he, he actually, he says, see, you, you just, like, that's your Gensuga Tensho. Like, that's nothing what it used to be. And she goes just, like, that's not what that was. This is that. And then he actually does it. And it's so powerful that it literally just parts the weather. Yeah. Um, cuts an entire building in half, and the bad guy's just left there, like, literally with that, like, fuck just happened look. Yeah, what did I get into? And then Ichigo's just like, sorry, I missed, I won't do that again. Yeah, it's, it, it, that final arc was a really cool final arc, and I was, I was happy with it. I, like, I wish they would turn the whole, like, 
Quincy War into like at least a movie or something. Yeah, and like the is, is the Quincy War and the Thousand Year Blood War the same thing? I have no idea. Because like, like I've read a little bit ahead on like not ahead, but I've read like on like the Wikipedia stuff for it to see like what happens next. Where like yeah, you find out about like Ichigo's mom and yeah, you find Kenpachi out- gets a Bankai and yeah. all the <laughs> not all but most of the visors go back and become Soul Reapers again and shit like that. Yeah, it's it's so good and I'm less. I just, I really wish I added more. I, d- I do think, I think this arc has been good, but I think it's, it's been a, it's a little bit of a disappointment knowing it's the end. Yeah. Because like the final 20 episodes or so, the, the majority of the cast that like you've grown to like care about isn't there. Like it's Ichigo, Chad, and Orihime mostly. Yeah. But it's really just Ichigo and these new characters that none of them are all that like appealing. Yeah. And it's not until the last four episodes that all the characters you actually want to see show up. Yeah. Which is cool, because at least, like, the show finishes out with the characters that you want to see again. But, like, it sucks to go from, like... And, I, like, we skipped the filler, so I know, like, they're all in, like, the big filler chunks. Yeah. But, like, you go from that high point of, like, the end of the Eisen fight where just fucking everybody is there to 20 episodes of, oh, yeah, here's some new characters that don't really matter because the show's over so they're never going to show up again (laughs) yeah Uh, it it was it was a disappointment how they did it but overall it was an enjoyable story yeah like that whole final arc and it's just there's so much more to it that i just i don't have the time to read it yeah i know i don't i know like i i told erica i'm like you know you could just read it and you could see like kenpachi get a bankai and everything she's like "I i don't want to so i just started telling her i'm just like yeah so he gets a bankai um, the little pink-haired girl is actually his sword. Yeah. Um, I told her, like, Ichigo's mom was a Quincy, and... Yeah, it's just... There's something else I told her, too. I forget what it is now. I, I don't know. Because, like, there's a bunch of shit that happens that you never get to see. Yeah, and it's it's so depressing. Like, I was hoping when they first canceled it, like, alright, maybe they'll do a movie or something. And I think it's been canceled for, what, five years now? 2012. So. Six years. And it's like, we got nothing, and I think the manga is still going. No, the manga ended in 2014. Okay. So that is actually over. Apparently the manga didn't wrap up very well either. Yeah. Um, from what I was, I, I, from what I read online, it seems like, uh, whatever, whatever book it was getting published in kind of like forced him to wrap it up early or quickly. Yeah, uh, cause I believe it was a Shonen Jump. Um, I, I mean, it's definitely a Shonen. I don't know if it was Shonen Jump or Shonen Weekly or like, yeah. cause there's a lot of those books. Yeah. Out there. But I know, um, apparently in that, like, that, like, that manga stuff, mm-hmm. um, Grimjowl shows back up and so does Nell. Yeah. Like, like, some of the RN cars that didn't die are, like, prominent again. Yeah. Which that might be from the Thousand Year Blood War. That might be different because I believe the Quincy War and the Thousand Year War are probably two different things. Oh, you know what? The other thing I told her was, um, Uahana, the, the fourth captain, the, yeah. the healing one was the original Kempachi. The original Kempachi? What do you mean? Like, so Kempachi's name isn't really Kempachi. He took that name. Oh, right. Because of the district he was born in and everything. Well, Zaraki is the district he was born in. Yeah. Kempachi is like the name passed down to like the toughest or whatever. Okay. Um, and he says that there's one person that, like, he wants to beat more than anyone else. The same way that, like, Akaku wants to beat him more than anybody else. Yeah. That one person is Uahana. Oh. She was the original Kenpachi. I would love to see her fight. In, in the manga, she does. Yeah. Apparently, like, she kind of loses it and, like, reverts back to, like, her, that her version primal, of her. Primal blood rage. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like, I guess whatever happened to her, she kind of, like, got her shit together and became very passive. Yeah. But, yeah, apparently, like... She is a crazy badass. 
Anyway, th- there was some news. Some good, some bad, some indifferent. First one, Fallout 76. Uh, there's a lot of news about Fallout 76. Um, I, I have two things in particular. Um, the first one, Bethesda has kind of come out and acknowledged, finally, that the game is fucking broken. <laughs> yeah. Um, they actually went on to Reddit and put on, I, on like the Fallout um, subreddit posted, We know you're frustrated and angry at the state of things right now, whether it's the issues you're running into in the game or the lack of communication about fixes, updates, or news. Um, we didn't want you to, we didn't want you to think the silence meant nothing was happening. We're sorry and understand this was not the right approach and we'll work to make a better bridge between you and the dev team at Bethesda Game Studios. Um, then goes on that, uh, Bethesda said it will step up communication, which is basically what that was just saying. Yeah. Uh, with the players and promises weekly articles that cover issues you may be experiencing, quality of life requests you have or new features um, that the developers are excited to share. Yeah. Um, and they also announced that there's going to be two patches coming out in December for it. Okay. Uh, the first one's going to hit December 4th. It's going to increase your stash limit, which apparently is super frustrating for people because it's only 400, I guess, right now. And it's going to get increased to 600. I it's, don't know enough to know how that affects the game. Well, it, be, stash, like, it, does it say, like, like, is stash, like, what you're currently carrying or what you can just have... The article I had did not say that. Okay. So I don't know. Yeah. Um. But like a 200 increase does seem significant. So that's good, I guess. But does not fix the myriad of other actual playability issues. The fact like, that you can't play it on PC literally at all. That's everyone's fault for playing games on PC. Well, yeah, but um, it's also everyone's fault for thinking that a Bethesda game wasn't going to come out fucking broken when it was online only. Yeah. Like, that's a different story, though. Um, the limit is set to further increase once Bethesda confirms this won't affect server performance. So six, 600 is, like, a soft cap right now. Yeah. Once it doesn't fuck the game, they'll continue to bump it up until it's someplace workable for everybody, I guess. Okay, makes sense. Um, the other changes in that particular patch are focused on bug fixes and loot tables, including guaranteeing two to three items off bosses, ensuring players aren't stuck in power armor, and allowing players who die while over-encumbered to respawn anywhere on the map, and not just at Vault 76. Oh, okay. So I guess that's a weird fucking bug, but if you're over-encumbered, die, you can only spawn back at the starting zone. Yeah, that's that's such a specific thing that you would think they would have tried that. Like, how do you not QA that? Like, how does your Q... Like, that's the problem, though. Bethesda has shitty QA. Yep. And, like, they're not trying anymore. They're just like, fuck it. They all know it's going to be broken anyway. Let's just release this shit, and they'll be the testers. I also like that you can be stuck in power armor. And I actually read someplace else that there are bugs where people literally cannot die. Okay. Which is a super funny bug, because that means they can just run around and just do whatever the fuck they want, because they just won't die. Yeah, but from what I'm hearing, the game, that's really all you do anyway, is do whatever the fuck you want, because there's no fucking story or anything going on in the game. Yeah. Um... The second patch is going to be on December 11th. It's apparently going to be Meteor, bringing an assortment of bug... Excuse me. Bringing an assortment of bug fixes, but also some nice quality of life changes. PC players will be getting push to talk to voice chat, 21 by 9 resolution support, and a field of view setting. So, if you're on PC and you happen to be able to get the game to launch, you can play it on your ultra-wide monitor with some really nice field of view settings. Yeah, but (laughs) you'd need 
to be <laughs> able to get it. Like it's it's so it's so ridiculous. So I'm gonna read the second story too, just right off the bat, just because it's also Fallout 76 related. Yeah. Um, a law firm in Washington D.C. Um, Migliaccio and Rothst. I, who knows if I said any of those even remotely right, um, is investigating Bethesda Game Studios for, and this is a quote, releasing a heavily glitched game, Fallout 76, and refusing to issue refunds for PC purchasers of the game who found it unplayable unplayable because of its technical problems, with the intent of, and, and end quote, um, and they're doing this with the intent to establish a class action lawsuit for those who purchased the game and were unable to receive a refund. Yeah. Um, I don't expect this to go anywhere. Um, but this might at least light the fire under Bethesda's ass to get them to get the, get it working. Because if they don't get it working, if PC is that fucked and they can't get it to work, then there's going to be something from this. You're not going to... I don't think everyone's going to get a full refund who can't play it on the PC. But you might get something from that. So the thing that I'm expecting... Um, they're just going to continue to patch the game. They'll probably try to give PC players some sort of, like, perks. Yeah. Like, give them, like, free in-game content or um, whatever the currency is in the game to buy things. Yeah. Um, I don't expect them to do refunds because, like, it's an online game. Online games are meant to be expanded on as they play, which is going to be their saving grace, I think. Not that it should be. I'm not saying that, that that's how it should be. But but I and I I get what you're saying, but this class action lawsuit isn't oh they release a game that they can't have server capacity for. It's this class and class action lawsuit is they released a game that people cannot launch. Like they there were issues with launching the beta where you had to do it a specific way in order to maybe be able to play it. Like I think I remember hearing like you couldn't do fuck anything on your PC when you were installing the game or it would fuck everything up. Which Honestly, again, it's a Bethesda game. Yeah, um, but that shouldn't be an excuse. No, I, but see, that's the thing. Like, people give Bethesda a pass. Um, I was listening to a podcast earlier. I don't remember which one. Might have been Sacred Symbols. It's a PlayStation podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, where they, one of the, it was either a question or just somebody brought it up on the show that if this was any other company, like if EA put this game out, literally their studios would be burned to the ground already with riots. Yeah. But it's Bethesda, so Bethesda gets to pass because their games are broken. Yeah, and I don't, I don't agree with. I like. There's a reason I didn't buy the game when it was thirty dollar or thirty five dollars. Yeah, that is the bigger problem. Is it's a sixty dollar game that came out ten, ten or twelve days ago. Twelve days before the the sale started. Yeah, so the the sale was a Black Friday sale. Mm -hmm. Less than two weeks prior, the game launched at sixty, and it was on sale for thirty five. Yes, like that is the problem. Like. If anything, that is what people should be the most upset about. Yeah. And you know what? I, if this class action lawsuit can go through, give the PC players their thirty-five dollars back at least, or their twenty-five dollars back. Yeah, give or take, however much it would be. Like, give them that at least. The the people who have it then can actually play it on the PS4 and Xbox and everything. You know, and it's your fault for buying it early. Like, yeah, and it it's one of those but, things where. People sh- and look, there are people that are playing this game on all platforms that are loving it. Yeah, and to each their own. Like we've talked about before, I I have realized I genuinely dislike Bethesda Game Studio games. Yeah, nothing about the Elder Scrolls or Fallout series appeal to me in any way, other than the lore. 
but like the gameplay and progression and everything can't stand. I yeah. think you like Elder Scrolls. I like least. Elder Scrolls and I like Fallout. I okay. like the I love the lore in both of them. However, this game does not have lore. This game is just this is the tw- this is the start of it's lore. What twenty five years after? I believe it, I I we've gone over this a few times. I can't remember exactly how long, but it's X amount of years after the bombs dropped. You're the first vault to open. Yeah, and you're the first set of people to colonize. But then it's like, all right, you and eleven other people are on this map playing Minecraft. That's really all this game is. Yeah, it's Minecraft and Fallout. Yeah, and like, like I, I would, uh, you know what? When I get it for twenty bucks, I'll be happy to play it. Like, but look at like what happened with No Man's Sky. Like that game was was Minecraft in space. People flipped shit because it wasn't exactly what they thought it was. This game is exactly fucking No Man's Sky, except in the Fallout universe, and no one cares. Yeah, because a it's Bethesda, and they're but, always, they always so make broken. This is games. the thing: people do care. There is a ton of outrage about this right now. If you look the the Metacritic score is like a five from critics. Okay, and it's in like the twos from like users. Okay, so like this is a critically and commercially panned game right now. Um, doesn't mean that the sales are low enough to actually make them care. Yeah. Because people still went out and bought it. Yeah. And you do still have people that are playing it, that are enjoying it, that I'm sure are going to be willing to dump money into DLC and cosmetics and whatever else they decide to sell with this. Uh, I've I've had a uh, a handful of friends come to me and ask like, How, would would my uh, significant other like this game? And I'm like, honestly, I don't know because it's it's there's nothing to, there's there's everything to do in the game but there's also nothing to do plus it's extremely broken however the price right now is really good cuz it only came out 12 days ago yeah so that's what you got to weigh on do you want to buy it now for 35 and hope that by the time you give it to them it's all fixed or do you want to wait and see when it gets fixed if it's good is it worth the price then i have a feeling that by this time next year assuming the whole thing doesn't just implode on itself yeah. That it will be a playable game if you enjoy game, if you A, enjoy that type of game and B, enjoy Bethesda games. Yeah. And, the, and it'll probably be $35 regular price. Yeah. Like, I, I'm hoping that this sale price ends up being the real price within the next two months. I'm two months might be might... too soon just because they, they have to try and recoup costs as best they can, especially because they now have to dump all sorts of time that they're probably going to use for, like, content development. Yeah. Into just fixing their broken-ass game. Yeah. Um, it's, a, like, again, like, people are, at least some people are having fun with it. Like, yeah. Like, like I want to play it. I really do, like, I'm not a big Minecraft person, but I was really into No Man's Sky. And when they added all that, like, the base building and everything, I got even further into it. I haven't played much of it since then because I have so much other shit to play, but... I wouldn't mind playing a Fallout Universe-esque Minecraft-type yeah. game. Am I going to spend $60 on it right now? Fuck no. Because I I don't know anybody who has it. I'm not going to enjoy a game where there's nothing to do except me and 12 other people in this place. It's 24. 24. But still, like, 24 people in what is apparently a very large, like, setting. Yeah. Like, like that's not fun. And, yeah, and like, le- unless you're... Li- like, um, Giant Bomb, actually, they, they streamed it... Um. I think it, it might have been like the day it launched. It may have actually even been the day before that they had access to it. Yeah. And, you know, it was just their staff, basically. And not even the whole staff, like just like five or six people. Yeah. In there running around. And like some of them couldn't even find each other. Like they were grouped up and couldn't find each other. 
Wow, yeah. Um, but like you then look at so another game that I do not like, Red Dead Redemption. Uh huh. Um, they just started their beta for Red Dead Online. Yeah. And I've watched some videos of that. Just not not so much because I'm interested, just because it was something to put on as like background noise. Yeah. Um, and again, Giant Bomb was streaming it last night, and Eric had to run out, so it was just easy background noise to throw on. Yeah. And that is a beta. The Grand Theft Auto Online, when it first launched, was broken as shit. Yeah. Um, they fixed it over time, and now it is it it is basically the best selling thing of all time. Yeah. Um, Red Dead looks slightly broken too. Like it definitely has its problems, but it's this like nicely fleshed out world if you enjoy the Red Dead universe. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like they did it right because they gave you a game that has full on single player capabilities, a story, and everything. And they're like, now let's give you the multiplayer, but it's going to have issues. We'll fix it. That's why but, they're rolling out the beta. Like, yeah, so they're only rolling it out like per person. It's not everybody at once. Yeah, it's anyone that owns the game already. Yeah. Um, but I didn't even mean that. I didn't. I would. If you take away the entire single player game, like pretend like they're selling it as just Red Dead Online. Uh huh. It is a fleshed out game that you can play. That there is a reason things are happening. There are NPCs. There are other players in the world, but you do not have to spend all of your time trying to find other players. There are, like, NPCs to interact with, too, to, like, do quests, and yeah. ju- just like an MMO would be, yeah. where, like, there there are players to interact with, and there are also NPCs to keep things moving so that yeah. you're not fucking bored. Yeah, and... And like, Bethesda just decided not to do that. Yeah, because... And that's the thing, like, when I heard Fallout 76 fully online, I was like, alright, great, you're giving me a Fallout game, it's all online, like, I'll get to do whatever I want, or play this, play the game with my friends... And then afterwards, do whatever the hell I want. Great. But now that I know that, oh no, you, you just do whatever the hell you want immediately. If you're in a server with a bunch of fuckwads, they're going to always bomb your shit every time. Like, that that's not going to be fun. Yeah. Like, yeah, and I know um, Elder Scrolls Online launched broken and not good. And, like, they fixed that and people legitimately enjoy that game now. Yeah. Um, And I feel like they... But that was an MMO with full quest capabilities and everything. So I feel like they wanted to create a similar experience with Fallout, probably did not have the time or budget to do so, and decided to do this instead. But then they also still developed, or are developing, the cell phone Elder Scroll game that you can play with one hand, and um, Skyrim for uh, uh, Alexa, and stuff like that. Like, they've they had time if they didn't waste it on this other shit. So now, they could have totally given us a core online Fallout game. So to be fair, I didn't necessarily mean time as in like they were spending time doing other things. I more meant it as as a studio, the higher ups decided to push teams to work, like you said, Skyrim port to the Switch rather than making this something that could be for a wider audience. But and like. Yeah, Skyrim, you can say Skyrim port to the Switch, but you know what? That's fine. I'm more going to come, even though it's a fantastic, hilarious luxury, Skyrim port to Alexa. They didn't need that. Honestly, that thing probably took one person like six hours. Like, it's not, it's not like a very long thing. Like, all of the, the things repeat themselves fairly quickly. Cause it just, it, it's not like it asks you to create anything. Have you done it at all? I've, uh, I think 
I was over Eric's when he messed around with it. Yeah, it's, it's basically just like, hey, start Skyrim, and Alexa Wolf's just like, you're walking to a mountain, and you enter a cave, and there's a spider. How do you proceed? And it says you can attack with weapon, or cast magic, or run away, or shout. Yeah, but I, I'm just like they they put they put uh what's the word um they put resources towards things that are neat but not necessary when you're trying to release something to the scope of Fallout. 76. Oh, hundred percent. Like Fallout seventy six probably should have come out next year. Yeah, they and like I get it. They had nothing else this year. Yeah, because like at least none of like because I don't think I'm trying to think. Prey was a Bethesda game. So yeah. Prey came out... Actually, no, Prey was last year. That was not this year. That was 2017. Yeah. Um, right? Yeah, they, they had nothing was Prey this year. Se- was Prey 2017? I, I think so. I don't remember. But <laughs> it, either way, it's... Yeah, they had nothing. They didn't have to force feed something out, though. Especially since they are working on the new Elder Scroll game. So they basically told told us the next Elder Scrolls game is not going to be until, like, 2020, 2022. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, 2020 to 2021. Yeah, because they're acting like Fallout seventy six is a core title. What? What? You okay? Great. Give me something to do in that game. Yeah, because it's basically so. It was Skyrim came out in twenty eleven, mm-hmm. and then I believe Fallout four was twenty fifteen. Yeah, it sounds about right. So it was four years, and I want to say Fallout four was four years before that, maybe because that was a PS three title. Four years before Skyrim. Fallout which, three, which sounds about right. But you had Fallout three, and then I think two years later you had Fallout New Vegas, and then you had Skyrim. Which all of those are core titles. Like I think Yeah, it, Fallout New Vegas was not developed by Bethesda. It wasn't? No. Oh. I thought it was. Nope, it was actually developed by somebody else. I forget oh. who. Yeah, so Fallout three was two thousand eight, so nine, ten, eleven. So yeah, there's like three or four years between games. So Fallout seventy six was this year, so we're probably not seeing Scott or Elder Scrolls six for three to four years. Okay. And then actually no, I'm sorry, uh whatever that other game is, Starfield Star oh, yeah, Ocean. Space, space, space Skyrim. Yeah, I, I cannot remember. I was going to say Star Citizen, that's not the name of the game. Yeah, I, um, I can't remember. Whatever the, whatever their space game is, that comes out first. So it's Fallout 76, three to four years will be the space game, three to four years after that will be Elder Scrolls 6. Yeah. So you're looking at more than a decade without a new Elder Scrolls title. <laughs> yeah. Um, specifically because they have put Skyrim on every platform but available. When was, when was ESO? Like 2013. Okay. Yeah. But like, and, and that's also ESO gets updated constantly, though. Yeah, like but they have had they have had updates to it. It is a free to play. Well, it's uh, you don't have a subscription fee, I don't think. Um, it, it is a fully game a game that you can full on play by yourself, even though it's yeah. multiplayer. But I, that is also kind of like considering all of the expansions to Final Fantasy fourteen as like expanding on like the core Final Fantasy franchise. Like, yes, it's expanding on 14, yeah. but it's not, like, a new game in the series. It's just adding more content to an existing game. Yeah. Like, if it was, you know, Elder Scrolls Online 2, that would be a little different. True. Um, but, yeah, like, Bethesda, I, I like, I enjoy games from their other studios. Like, I think the Dishonored games are really cool. Um, I didn't really get into Prey. Um, the Wolfenstein games are great. Um, so, Machine Games and Arcane, I think, is who did... Um, Dishonored, like yeah. they're they're okay in my book, but Bethesda Game Studio is just got, none of their titles are they they don't work. They're broken as shit, and they, they got to get their shit together. And people got to stop giving them a pass. Don't don't like like I want to push. Don't buy don't buy a Bethesda game right away. Like 
if it if you find if you hear from a thousand people that this game is broken as fuck when you bought when they bought it, don't fucking buy it. Yeah, did you by chance see the video of the guy that trashed a GameStop because they wouldn't return the game? Yeah. And like I did not list I did not watch this the video with sound on, so I don't know if there was audio that like where you could hear them talking and like the people at GameStop were just being douchebags. But like from the video, like just watching it without um audio, like you have guy trying to return Fallout seventy six, GameStop employees telling him they can't because you can't fucking return used software software. Yeah. yeah. I well, can't. Th- what it was was the guy wanted his full money back, and they're like, "We can give you credit, or we can give you a partial money back. We can't give you all your money back." Yeah, and that, like, and he he starts flipping. The guy was acting. The guy was respectably acting ridiculous. Like I understand why he's acting that way, but he's still acting a ridiculous way when he should know that these kids are just following the rules. Yeah, and it's one of those you have not been able to return an opened video game. Yeah. In 20 years. Yeah. Like, basically, since games started coming out on on um, DVDs and discs and stuff, you can't return them. Yeah. And, like, PC games, you can't return at all because they're CD key-based. Yeah. Like, there's nothing to stop you from going home, installing the game, and then trying to return it. Exactly. Um, That's why, like, Beth- or not Bethesda, Steam has, like, a decent policy of, like, if you're, like, under a certain amount of playtime... Um, versus like completion percentage, you can get a refund on games. Yeah. But you have to like submit for it, they verify it, and then you get a refund. Like it's not just a. Yeah. It's not just an immediate thing. That, thank you. I could not think of the right word. Yeah. But like the fact that this guy like flipped out and like literally just started knocking shit over, flipping like stands and stuff over. Like, like angry or not, like why? Yeah. It's just, it makes no sense. People, and, and again, like, I understand why he's upset, especially about how broken this game is, but don't be mad at GameStop. You'd be mad at Bethesda. Don't go to Bethesda, but email Bethesda angry emails. Like, I know there's not much that you can get from that, but when Final Fantasy XIV had their, uh, free, or their, your, their preview week for the first two weeks, and half of us couldn't get on, I, I emailed them. I was like, this is fucked up, like, I I got this game pre-ordered. I looked forward to it. I can't play it. I know nothing came of it. They never responded to it. But that's the best thing you can do. Like, yeah, you like, need to email them. And if it, if you don't hear from them, email them again and again and again until you do. Because going to GameStop is going to get you nowhere. Yeah, and like honestly, like making a mess of a GameStop, you're literally just you're you're, you're making a bad day for the people that work there because they do not give a shit about any of that merchandise. But they're the ones that have to clean it up. And technically. That's vandalism. You could get arrested. Yeah. Like, straight up, you trashed a store because they were following store policy. You're the bad guy. Uh, GameStop has some shitty procedures that they run, and their, their return and trade in policy, their trade in policy is the worst, but it's, they're following the rules. Yeah. Like, honestly, you know what? Their trade in policy is theirs. Like, it's not like a lot of other places offer trade ins for games. Exactly. Like, you have your mom and pop shops that'll, like, buy your games. And you have, like, Best Buy will buy games back from you. Yeah. But, like, GameStop can have a shitty trade-in policy because, like, that's one of the only brick-and-mortar places you can go with your physical game, hand it to them, and get a monetary exactly. value back for it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it sucks that your $60 game is only going to get you $12, but... It's, it's like, as Donald's a uh, reference as it says, it's just like Pawn Stars. You go to... The- Good pawn stars wanting to make five thousand dollars off your seven off your five thousand dollar sword. Well, they need to make money off of it too. He's gonna offer you 
150 or $150. Yeah. He needs to make money. Like, they, now, they're, they need to make money too. Like, the company makes money off of used game sales. They don't make any money off of new game sales. That's why they'll give you six bucks and put it up on the shelf for 40. Because they need a profit plus they need to pay for the space they're taking up to put it up on there. Yeah. And it, it's like, I don't, I don't like the trade in values. I don't trade stuff in because the trade in values are garbage. Yeah. But like some people, that's the only way they can afford games. Yeah. Like, like they buy used games, they bl- play them and then they trade them in and. That's yeah, how they get new games. Yeah, and it, it it sucks that 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 they have to rely on something like that, but like it's business practices. Like that's how business works. They need to make a profit. Uh but let's move on to the next story. Um so I'm going to butcher this name and I apologize. Um Eiji Numa? Yeah. Um he is producer for the Legend of Zelda series at Nintendo. Yes. So he can he he was at the um the Legend of Zelda concert in Japan. And some things were said earlier in the night, and then when he came out, he was asked a question about something, and he apparently said something along the lines of, I know what you're thinking, Skyward Sword for Switch, right? Yeah. Um, to which the internet then exploded thinking that he was teasing a Skyward Sword port for Switch. Yeah. Which I don't understand why people are excited for, because that game is not well regarded by Zelda fans. Because because of the motion controls, and not a lot of people actually really play. Yeah, it but- didn't. It didn't age well. That's the issue. It didn't age well, and the motion controls that people were so against. It is a really good Legend of Zelda game. So, like everyone that I've ever heard talk about it, whether it's like per- normal person or people from like game outlets, like it's never the motion controls that they complain about. It's the game itself. Mm. Like I guess that it's a very slow game. It drags a lot. Well, the it's- dungeons aren't very good. It's very similar vein to. Um- Wind Waker, where it's a big open expanse, and there's a bunch of stuff all over the place, but you have to get to those places. Because instead of Wind Waker, you are on a boat. This one, you're on a fucking bird. Yeah. Like, the I didn't th- I I enjoyed the game. I had fun playing it. Yeah, yeah, but you don't dislike anything. I dislike things. Um, But yeah, so Nintendo came out after this whole thing sort of started skyrocketing to <laughs> calm everyone down to be like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. There I, are no plans for Skyward Sword on Switch right now. Which makes sense to me. Like, I think they would have to do too much work to it to get it to work way, on the split. Way too much work. Because that game was so primarily uh, motion control based. Like, there was a little bit of control that you got, like, when aiming, but for the most part, you were pointing at the screen aiming. Um, there were enemies whose the only way to hurt them is to slash a specific way. And it was. The Wii Motion Control Plus that yeah, you needed. I remember to that play was the that. game that first needed it. Yeah, and you needed very specific like attack patterns and things like that. It's there's going to be too much work. Too much. I don't think the uh, the the Joy Cons have that kind of motion control ability. We can get into how bad the motion controls are in a little while. Um, but plus, you wouldn't be able to play it handheld. Yeah, and like some people play those games handheld. That if they release Legend of Zelda, people purchase it and then they can't play it on the go. But like, I mean, you can, you can maybe try to figure out a way to play it handheld with slashing the screen to attack or holding the screen to pull out your bow and shoot and aim using your that finger. That would suck too. That that is like the DS games and the DS games. While they were enjoyable for me, like I enjoyed yeah. them for the most part, uh, they were super frustrating to control. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like they're they're like all I'm saying is there is a way they could do it, but like you said, it's they're going to have to do a lot to make it playable. Yeah, and that that game is old enough now too. Like porting the Wii U games over, not a big deal. Like th- that is yeah, they are recent enough that they don't look bad on the the Switch, and they were also made in HD. Yeah. Wii games weren't. They have to completely <laughs> redo all of the graphics. Well, they had they would at least have to uprise everything. Yeah. Which like uprising stuff usually doesn't make it look too good. Yeah. Um but yeah, so I just thought it was funny how excited people seem to get over a game that like it's got a great metacritic score, but you'd very rarely hear anyone talk fondly of it. Yeah. Like at least like you go back now and like people talk fondly of Wind Waker and Majora's Mask. People do not talk fine, fondly of Skyward Sword. I, and I like, like I said, I, I talk fondly of it. I know Eric, he wants to play it, but he refuses to play a Wii game. Um, and there's a lot of people that are like that. Like, they don't want to go back. Yeah. And they, if it would, if it could get ported, I'm sure they would because they might get sales on it. Maybe they could make things, like, fix things. But the one, the one big issue also is there's a game breaking glitch where if you, and it's, it's like 30 hours into the game. And if you activate this glitch, you can't do anything else after. And there's no, because of the way the Wii was set up, they could not patch that. Right, because they didn't really have patches. So if you break the game, you have to restart from the beginning. Like, it, it's, it's messed up. Like, but like, and I made sure, like, I, I read about the glitch when I went to play Skyward Sword and I made sure to know how to do the glitch, so I didn't do the glitch. And it, like, it's a kind of specific set of things, but it is a possibility that somebody just happens to do it the way it says. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I saw that, I was like, that's, that's pretty neat. But I, I didn't, like, freak out. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, too, like, if they were to try and port this, they would end up having an, eight-year-old game, seven, eight-year-old game, nine maybe by the time it came out, um, be $60 again. Yeah. Because that's what Nintendo does. They, they don't sell things at a lower price. Well, I mean... Neither at, does Bethesda, but... Look, look at uh, uh, Resident Evil 4. Like, that's going to be $60 again. Do you think it will be? It will be. Because it, it regularly releases for like 20 on every other platform. Maybe it'll be 30 then. Who knows? I could see that. We'll see. We'll have to wait and see for it to launch. I don't remember if it launched yet. Or when it's launching. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, anyway, Cowboy Bebop. You ever seen it? Yeah, I, I saw this news today. I'm super excited about it. Um, oh. Netflix is going to be doing a 10 episode live action series. What was that? What was that look for? Death Note. Okay. Netflix original anime adaption. Full Metal Alchemists and Bleach. Those weren't Netflix, they were they? They were both Netflix originals. I thought they were actually done in Japan. They were Netflix made, though. Netflix. Are you sure they were Netflix made and not just um, Netflix distributed? I, I'm i pretty sure they're Netflix originals. Or Netflix done, but Full Metal and... I, I'm checking real quick, because I thought they were just... um Kind of like that, that weird Polish show that you had wanted to watch that uh, ended up being all subtitled. Uh, uh The Rain. Yeah, where it was, it was made someplace else, but Netflix distributed it for the U.S., so it comes, so it's, like, displayed on there as a Netflix original, because it's only available in the U.S. on Netflix. Um, distributed by Warner Brothers, uh, a Japanese film produced by Warner Brothers, based on 
Yeah, this film stars these people. It was released in Japan on July 20th. The film had its American premiere at the place. The film was released. Yeah, so Bleach is not Netflix. Okay. Um, It was Warner Brothers. So they got their shit right. And you said Full Metal might be the other one? Yeah, the Full Metal movie, live action movie. Which, not a lot of people say that that was a great movie, but I think it was a pretty good movie. Uh, let's see. Japanese, directed... It was a, That was actually another Warner Brothers movie. Okay. So, like, yeah, like, my concern with this is it's going to be anything like the Death Note movie. Because, like, I, having never seen Death Note, I don't really have anything to compare it to. But even then, that movie was fucking bad. But I also, like, and that's the thing. I, I saw Cowboy Bebop and I was like, it, like, and with the under, with the thought process of, well, Bleach and Full Metal had relatively better reception. Uh, Death Note was terrible. Um, there's not a lot you can do with Death Note without deviating and making it bad. What they did to the characters of Light and how they didn't even have Misa Amine and what they did with, like, the Soul Society, in, or not Soul Society, but, like, the, uh, the Soul Reaper, uh, in general, like, and then what they did with his dad and his backstory, like, they diverged way too much to make it something, like, to make it something good. Plus, the production value and the music quality sucked. Cowboy Bebop, though, there, I, I've watched, there's not really a major overarching story. It is space pirates, kind of. They're essentially Han Solo, but uh, yeah, they're they're like they're smugglers and and space delivery guys. So think Han Solo crossed with the Planet Express. That's essentially what Cowboy Bebop is. They can just have different space adventures throughout this ten episode arc, and as long as the characters are portrayed properly, I think it could be a good show. Yes, I'm not saying that that it's going to be bad. Um, and like I will definitely watch it when it comes out because Cowboy Bebop's amazing. Yeah. I am just not overly excited until I see, until I at least see what they're doing with it. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's not even in production yet. Or, yeah, if it, it is was... in production, like, there's no premiere date or anything. Um, but apparently it has been in the works since 2017. Okay. Um, and it, so some of the stuff that it actually has going for it, though. Um, Shinichiro Wananabe is the, um, original director of the anime. He is being brought in as a consultant. Okay. So that, like, that bodes well for at least like the plot of it. Yeah. Um and Chris Yost who he 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 wrote drafts at least of Thor the Dark World and Ragnarok. Yeah. Dark World nothing to, nothing to write home about. Ragnarok was well received and fun though. Yeah. Um he's also worked on a bunch of different comic books. Um yeah. he is writing the first episode. Okay. Um so like there is stuff that's like in the corner for this to be a positive adaption. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and you figure um I, I I have it down on here. Cowboy Bebop originally aired in 98 in Japan and then 2001 in the US on Adult Swim. Yeah. It was only 26 episodes. Yeah, it was very so, very it was not very short. It was a normal anime. Yeah, so it's 26 half-hour episodes, so really 20 minutes. Yeah. If they happen to do 10 hour long episodes, they could realistically fit the entire like anime plot basically into a single season. Yeah. Like, depending on how they want to do it, obviously, because, like, if, they, if they're hoping to do multiple seasons of it, they wouldn't necessarily want to do that based on how the, how, like, that, that is a very self-contained series. Like, yeah. it didn't really need any more after the end. Yeah. So, 
I'm actually probably going to have Erica watch the original, like yeah. the, the actual anime at some point soon. Yeah, it, it, I feel like it's got a lot of potential to be a lot better than a Death Note and to be on par with Bleach, if not better than the Bleach movie that was like, it has potential and I'm just, I know based on how Death Note was, the original anime and the movie, like what they did is what made it bad and what they can do with this might actually make it good. Yeah. Because they can diverge from the story because the way the way Cowboy Bebop was, you can like it's just space adventures. Yeah. It's I, space delivery. I am hesitantly optimistic. Like I want it to be good, but I'm not going to go in with high expectations. Yeah. That's that's reasonable. Reasonable. Yeah. Um in other Netflix related anime news. Yeah. Uh Neon Genesis Evangelion is going to premiere for the first time ever on a streaming platform, at least as far as I know, in spring. Yeah, which I've never actually watched a series, so... I'll... Oh, that show is a fucking time, let me I tell know. you. I know, it's, it's so fucked. So, like... I watched it in the early 2000s when the only way to get anime was either Adult Swim or fan subs downloaded illegally. Yeah. Um, This show has... From what I could, a little bit of research I did, it does not appear that Evangelion was ever released on American television, the way a lot of shows were back in, like, the early 2000s. Like, a lot of mid to late 90s shows were either released on, like, G4 or Adult Swim or Toonami or Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. Um, Evangelion apparently was never. Yeah, it's, because it's, there's so, like, it's so off-the-wall bonkers. So, like, it's just... It's not. It's not so much that it's off the wall bonkers. It's the first sixteen episodes, fucking awesome mech series with just weird angsty teens. Yeah. Um, the second half of it, like sixteen through twenty six, uh, the director got really into psychology apparently, and basically the show had an existential crisis <laughs> and didn't know what to do in its second half. Um, I actually I ended up reading a whole bunch about it earlier. Um, after I after I saw this, um. So, it was always rumored that the second half of the show kind of changed and, and, like, the ending was so bad because it, um, the studio ran out of money to make it. But apparently what actually happened was, aside from, um, Hideki Anano, who is the director, whose name I, I'm sure I didn't say right, um, got super interested in psychology and changed, like, the scope of the series in the second half so it was no longer these, like, grand scale, like, mech-centric things. It was very much, like character focused psychological like thriller not even a thriller just it's very weird in the second half yeah but then he could not decide how to end the series and the production was so close to the air date that they literally did not have time to animate the final two episodes <laughs> so what ends up happening in the final two episodes it's a lot of flashbacks of previous episodes still images literally just like images of stuff yeah um i vaguely remember there being a lot of scenes of just like waves crashing on a beach and like it it's it's almost 20 years ago that i saw this but i feel like it may have actually even been like live action waves crashing on a beach (laughs) um okay with voiceover so like the characters talking about things while they're basically trapped in their own heads i guess yeah and that's the last two episodes that's how the fucking show ended oh my god um I, i i i really need to watch it now so they did do, after the show ended, two, like two or three years later, they did two movies. They did um, Death and Rebirth, which was a very common anime thing where they do like the recut 
of the series as like a movie. Yeah. So they basically did that. They recut it as a movie so that it made a little more sense, especially in that second half. And then there was a second movie release called The End of Evangelion, which is an actual proper ending to the goddamn story. Okay. Um, I do not know if either of those movies are going to end up on Netflix. Like, that was not in the announcement. But we're at least going to get the 26 episodes of What the Fuck Just Happened. Hey, it, that'll it, be fun. It is a good show. Like, yeah. It's been a long time, but, like, there's a reason it is still so... High revered. Like, yeah, like, talked about, and it, it's like a seminal work in that place. Yeah. Um, The last bit of Netflix news. Apparently, they have... Uh, and not even apparently. They definitely have done this. Um, They are adapting Rolled Doll, who's... I don't know if I pronounce his name right either. He's the guy that wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Matilda and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Um, They're adapting a bunch of his works, including Charlie and the Chocolate Factory... Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Matilda into animated features. Yeah, that's that's pretty sweet. So... Not even f- features is the wrong word. Animated series. Yeah. Um, with their own in-house animation studio. Yeah. Um, which yeah, that's that. That'll that'll be cool. Like I, I liked I liked both of those movies, or I liked Matilda when I was a kid. I've actually never seen it. You've never seen Matilda? Mm-mm. It's a sweet movie. I know. I know the gist. Yeah, like it's it's a like I. You know what? It probably aged fairly well. It might still kind of hold up if you like if you go into it like. Don't expect, like, a cinema, cinematographic, like, masterpiece. Go into it thinking like a 10-year-old child. Like, go into it like, yeah. I just want to see a thing and have some fun. And it's just silliness ensues. Like, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory aged well. That movie yeah, was made yeah. in the early 70s. Exactly. Like, that is still a watchable film. Yeah, and it, but that might also be, like, slight nostalgia factor for you watching it. Whereas kids nowadays, they, like, just for a movie you never watched that came out when we, when I was probably 10. I want to say it was like a 95, 96 film. Yeah, so I was close to 10-ish. Um, well, I was, yeah, I would have been 7, 7, yeah. Um, it's, for me, when I think about it, I'm like, this is a sweet movie. This is a nice, happy movie. It's a nice, like, through the end, happy story. It's kind of depressing at some points because of shitty family, but, like, it's, it's, it's a nice watch. And the cast is pretty, pretty good, too. I can't. I can't remember all. Of I the know. Um, I know Devito's in it. I believe he's the dad. Yeah, and I know. Um, I cannot think of the girl's name now. I don't think she acts anymore. No, she was the youngest daughter in Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, and she she was in a bunch of other stuff in the early nineties yeah. too. But uh, plus, if it wasn't for Matilda, you wouldn't have the Matilda challenge on the internet. I don't know what that is either. It's uh, so there. You know the gist. Matilda gets powers to be able to like move things with her yeah. mind and stuff. Um. There is a full scene montage of her in the house by herself, just pointing at things and making them move, like turning on the blender. I remember that from like the trailers and stuff. Yeah. There's people that do that. Like they have people positioned and they're walking around their house with the song playing from the montage, pointing at things. And like, so they're, they point at their curtains and the curtains open and close and open and close, but you don't see anybody like actually doing it. Oh, okay. Or they're point at the chairs and the chairs will dance around or something like silly, stupid stuff. Like, yeah, I feel like. Like, the the stuff that that guy wrote, I, I assume it was a guy anyway. That seemed like a man's first name. I could be wrong. Um, I'm going to look it up real quick. But I feel like the stuff that, like, those stories, like Charlie and Chocolate Factory, Matilda, th- they have this sort of feel to them that are... They have, like, a sense of innocence. Innocence and, like, timelessness, even though, like, you can often look and see when they're from. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, he... 
the roll roll it roll i don't this this gentleman lives from 1916 to 1990 yeah so like these were all very much based a long time ago i hope that's not my car i'm gonna make sure it wasn't your car no it stopped before you hit buttons yeah i know but it was one of those like huh yeah just because i had backed up far not knowing if you were home yet yeah to like leave you space out front and there was somebody like behind me that around here you never know if some asshole is just gonna put their car in the drive instead of reverse yeah it's kind of why i started just parking in the drive understandable even though it's a longer walk i'm just like you know i don't feel like parallel parking i was actually going to park in your driveway but then when i was pulling up it looked like the car that was behind me was blocking it yeah People are assholes and just park way too close to the, like, ramp. Yeah. He wasn't. I just misjudged how... I misjudged how far away from the house the driveway actually was. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it, it's actually kind of cool that they're doing these, these like, series. I just... I don't know if Charlie and the, and the Chocolate Factory necessarily needs, like, a series. Like, I don't know how long you could stretch that out for. Well, it'll be, like, maybe three episodes of them in the Chocolate Factory... And then it'll be Charlie being the owner of the Chocolate Factory. Well, so I, there was a sequel, like a book sequel. Yeah. Um, to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and I do not remember what it was called. Let's see. I still have this guy's page open. So, oh, right. He did James and the Giant Peach, um, The Fantastic Mr. Fox, The BFG. He has done a lot of things that were already made into movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you can, you can turn those things into like a kid's series. Very easily by just, like, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory will straight up be Charlie owns a chocolate factory and lives with Willy Wonka and his family, and shenanigans ensue. James and the Giant Peach, they're traveling on a giant peach, shenanigans ensue. I can keep going on, but it's just going to be me saying shenanigans ensue, like, 13 more times. Yeah. Yeah, so the the sequel was called um Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. Yeah, so it's... He... Which essentially is he has the glass elevator, he can travel anywhere he wants, and he 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 does, I'm sure. Um the story picks up immediately where the previous book left off with Charlie and his whole family aboard the flying great glass elevator. The elevator goes into orbit by accident where Mr. Wonka docks them at the US Space Hotel shortly after their arrival. The hotel's elevator is open, revealing man eating monsters known as Vimkishkinids. Um which form a letter of the word scram. Recognizing the danger, Mr. Wonka orders everybody off the space hotel. Upon the elevator's departure, the monsters consume some people aboard. Wow. Charlie suggests towing the shuttle back to Earth, whereupon Willy Wonka returns the elevator with the shuttle to Earth. The monsters are incinerated in the atmosphere. Mr. Wonka releases the shuttle, and the elevator then crashes down through the roof of the chocolate factory. Oh, jeez. Back in the chocolate factory, three of Charlie's grandparents refuse to leave their bed. Mr. Wonka gives them a rejuvenation formula. They take much more than they need, and they each lose 80 years. Hmm. 78-year-old Grandma Georgina vanishes, having become negative two. Oh, my God. Charlie and Mr. Wonka journey to Minus Land, then. Mr. Wonka restores her with a sprayable compound that makes people older. Grandma Georgia has become... 358 years old. Using a cautious dose, the three are restored to their original age. Finally, the president of the U.S. invites the family and Mr. Wonka to the White House as a thank you for their space rescue. That, this is amazing. Like, see? This is what these animated series are going to be. 
and this one was from 1972. That that book was from 1972. The um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was 1964. The mm. the book, the movie, I think was 71 or 72. Yeah. And then there was apparently an unfinished sequel to Charlie and the Gl- Great Glass Elevator um, that was called Charlie in the White House. Yes. That the little synopsis that it has here is Charlie's family and Mr. Wonka are invited by the president by President Gilgrass to have dinner at the White House as thanks for rescuing the spacecraft from its attack by the Vermiskiuskins. Uh, Dahl only wrote the first chapter, which is on display at the Dahl Museum and Story Center in Great Mizzedin, which I'm assuming is someplace in Europe. It's in the United Kingdom. Okay. He has a museum in the United Kingdom. Makes sense. But yeah, so th- that stuff's going to be animated series. That'll be cool if they... Apparently, the Great Glass Elevator has never been adapted into a visual medium. Yeah. So that'd be cool if it somehow got adapted into the the cartoons. Yeah. Uh, one thing I did forget to mention about uh, Evangelion, Netflix is also apparently working on some sort of animated feature with their own animated animation studio in the franchise. Okay. Or at least that's the way it read. I don't know if that's exactly what's up. That'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Like, like, their animated studios is really good, so... Yeah, I mean, l- the the one season of Ultron I watched was really good. As, is, that's that's uh, not Netflix, is it? Yeah, that's Netflix. I thought it was um, somebody else. Uh, DreamWorks. I am looking. I wonder if I am wrong. Pretty sure it's DreamWorks. I thought it was Netflix. I mean, I know it's a Netflix original, so... It is, but I think DreamWorks develops it, or, or makes it. Let's see. Which is why we're not getting the final season. Oh, yeah. DreamWorks Animation Television. No, no, no. It's renewed for a final season. I I thought I heard that it got canceled. The final season's not coming. I mean, it did get canceled, but it's the eighth and final season will premiere on December 14th. Okay. It's, it's been a while, and I thought, like, because they dropped four at the, uh, in, on December. I think it's four seasons this year. Yeah, I mean, the, it, it's literally going to have an eighth season in three weeks, two weeks, however long that is. Yeah. And the first season came out in 2016. Yeah. I think that 2016, they had two. 2017, they had two. 2018, they had one season for every quarter. Yeah, so it was... And, like, so from season three to season six, they were very short. It was seven, six, six, and seven. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, season one, 13 episodes, June 10th, 2016. Season two, 13 episodes, January 20th, 2017. So, you know, about a little over six months, or just about six months. Uh, season three was seven episodes, August 4th, 2017. So a little more than six months from the previous. Season four, six episodes, October 13th, 2017. So two months later. Yeah. Um, season five was six episodes, was in March of 2018. Yep. So yeah, that was this year. Season March, s- March, May, September, and December, I believe. Close. March, June, August, and December. Okay. But so you have... Th- Season 5 was 6 episodes, season 6 was 7, that was March and June. Season 7 was 13, that was August. And then season 8 is 13, and that's December. Okay. So, yeah, you were right, it was four seasons, even though they're, like, only two actual full Netflix seasons. Yeah. Um, or I guess it's actually three full Netflix seasons, because 7 plus 6. Yeah, so it's 13. It's three season, three full seasons this year, but still, they released four sets of years. Yeah, that's that's a lot. Yeah. Um. And I mean, sixty-five episodes in two years is a lot. Yeah, it's a really good series. Yeah, I, I, I think after it's done, I will probably sit down and like, yeah, work, make my way through it. Yeah, like there's there's some filler episodes, but for the most part, they keep it manageable. Yeah. Um. What is next? Uh da 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 da. 
Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yes. Anime movie comes out two weeks. I yeah. believe it comes out on December 14th, the same day as the last season of Ultron. Yeah. Um, it has already been given a sequel. Okay. That's going to apparently continue the story of Miles. Which that's cool. Like the, the movie actually looks like it's probably going to be pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, uh, I don't, you may have gotten it too. I got like an invite to go see like an early screening of it on the first through PlayStation Plus. No, I mean, unless it's on, uh, like you got an email for it or did you get it? Yeah, no, I got an email for it. Um, I'm going to be at PAX though on the first, so I can't do it. That's Saturday? Yeah. Send me those tickets if I don't have it. I'll see if I can find the email for you. Um, but yeah, so that's going to get a sequel. And then they're also apparently working on a spinoff that is going to reportedly feature three generations of Spider-Women. I'm assuming it's probably going to center around Spider-Gwen. Yeah. Just, she's she's in Spider-Verse already, and she's a super popular character. Yeah. Uh, nothing is actually confirmed about that, though. But I think it's cool that these animated superhero movies tend to be well done, just because they can tell whatever kind of story they want with it, and not have to worry about, like, can the actors do it? Who are we going to cast for it? Like, they can just make the characters whoever they want them to be. Um, yeah, so... Yeah. I'm all for that. And the, the movie looks great. I want to see this movie and so yeah i'm for them like already green lighting new stuff because it's getting great press it currently has a hundred percent on rotten tomatoes that's nice it's got like it's actually got a it has got quite a cast for like voice acting too um because you watch new girl right yes nick miller is spider-man yeah he plays peter right yeah yeah um or one of the peters and then Haley steinfeld She's she's in a Bumblebee movie. She's like the girl in Bumblebee. Yeah. Um. She's Spider Gwen. Um. Mahershala Ali is Prowler, which is Miles's uncle. He's been in all sorts of stuff. He's in that movie now where he's like a um a piano player that hires a dude to like take him through the South in like the fifties or something like that. Okay. Um. Lily Tomlin is um Aunt May. John Mulaney is Spider Ham. Nice. Nick Cage is Spider-Man Noir. Nick Cage is Spider-Man Noir. Yeah, it's Liv it's, Shriver is um Kingpin. Okay. Yeah, like the Yeah, it's it's got a good cast. Uh, it's it's worth it's very it seems like it's worth seeing and it's just it looks really neat. The the animation looks awesome. So, yeah, I don't think I got the email. And that email my way. I'll see if I still have it. I may have deleted it. No, oh, you suck. I will I will look. <laughs> uh but yeah, more Spider Spider-Man animated stuff is cool. Yeah. Um, and then going along with Spider-Man, um, or at least comic book movies, uh, Sony has announced two untitled, um, Marvel movies for 2020. Okay. Uh, one of them is listed as a sequel, so probably Venom. Okay. Because we're getting Far From Home next year. Yeah. So I doubt they're going to have another Spider-Man the year after that. Yeah. But Venom, two years from now, and Venom did well. Um, it made $780 million worldwide. Yeah. And so I I have this note cuz I just thought it was the fucking goofiest thing. Uh this the, this article about Venom and um the other the other likely movie is the Morbius movie with Jared Leto. Yeah. Cuz that is the non-sequel unannounced 2020 movie. But um at the end of this article they go on saying like Venom made a bunch of movie, it was it was a box office success this past October and they said Venom performed exceptionally well at the box office, even outperforming the original release of Star Wars, not adjusted for inflation. Not adjusted. So this movie did better than a movie that released in 1977. Yeah. That's what that's saying. But then 
it actually also says like there that that links to another article they wrote back in October. And when you read that, it's like, oh yeah, no. If if you adjust for inflation, Star Wars is is still made more money. Yeah, because like Venom made like tens of thousands more than Star Wars did in its original theatrical run. Yeah, like if Venom did seven hundred and eighty, like Star Wars did like seven hundred and forty. Yeah, but when you adjust it for inflation, Star Wars made like a billion, and Venom still made seven hundred and (laughs) eighty. Venom did, however, make more than the original Guardians of the Galaxy film from twenty fourteen. All right, that's a reasonable yeah. comparison. Yeah, but like the Star Wars one, I'm just like, really, guys? <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> like, they're they're going for a stretch there because they want to keep releasing these movies. Like, no, I don't- this was IGN. Oh, IGN. Like, this was oh. IGN editorial, so it was very much like a. I think it was just like a fact they tried to include, but it was also a way to get a click back to like another article. Yeah, which yeah. I mean, like that's they are a, they are a corporation. That is a thing they have to do. Yeah. I just thought that was the silliest fucking thing. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I'm all. You never saw Venom, right? I haven't seen it. No. It's it, it is good. It's it's worth checking out. It's I'm sure it's going to be on Blu-ray soon. Yeah, it'll probably be available for me to watch at some point. Um, so. like it had its flaws, but it was it was enjoyable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all the news. Well, there's one other. It's very minor. It's in the vein of TV. Um, YouTube has uh announced that they are taking a step away from the paywall for their YouTube originals. Uh, so you're going to be able to watch them without subscribing to YouTube Red? Yeah. That's cool. They, they, it, essentially, what YouTube Red was was an experiment. To, the, the paywall behind the originals for YouTube Red was an experiment to see if they could get more subscribers. They have... Uh, YouTube has stated that they have advertisers who want to advertise on these shows, and they could make a hell of a lot more money with these advertisers than they could with... so. The specific YouTube Red. Does it happen to go in to explain whether um, YouTube Red subscribers would still get, like... YouTube Red is still YouTube Red. You'd still get the background play on your phone and the an ad-free YouTube. It's just now the originals will have ads for people who don't have YouTube Red. So that's actually what I was getting at, was will the originals not have ads for Red subscribers? Like, yeah. I ha- I have YouTube Red because I have Google Music. Yeah, you. It's going to be the same way they do advertisements on YouTube in general, where it's before the the show, before or after or between videos. We won't get them because we have nice. YouTube Red, where we don't have those ads. Like the only time you get an ad on YouTube, if you have YouTube Red, is if there's a paid ad in the video itself. So binging with Babish on occasion will be running an anime special, and he's like, "Today's episode is brought to you by Crunchyroll." It says on the bottom, paid promotion within video. You can't skip it. Yeah. Like, the ad, it's... It's, it's part, part of, of the video. It's part of the video. I don't think that's obnoxious. I, I'm sure maybe some people are like, oh, I should be able to skip that or whatever. No, because I mean, like... It's, that's that's how the creator is making his money. Yeah, like, YouTube ads and, like, ads as part of the product are different, especially if that product is also released on any other platform. Yeah. Like, if that, if that, if that show, which I'm not familiar with it, is also released as, like, a podcast... Like that's how he gets revenue for the podcast, because like he he uh not a podcast, but he releases on all he releases on Facebook, uh TV as well as on YouTube. So it paid promotions on Facebook TV is well. yeah. I I was just basically like there there are a couple of podcasts I listen to that are also video. So like they do their sponsorships during the episode, but it's one of those things where it's like if you're not a YouTube Red subscriber, they also have ads I believe that play on their the videos like either at the beginning or the end of it 
But like if you're just if you're watching the video with a YouTube Red subscription, you don't see those, but you still get those baked in ads because like you kind of need them. Like they can't cut those out of a video when that same audio is also going to be like a non-video format essentially. Yeah. Um but way to not add that to the document. It, it was something that I found out as I was leaving work. Like I Philip DeFranco covered it. And um yeah, it's uh right now like Gizmodo covered it as well and all their article says is if you haven't felt like paying for YouTube originals, don't start now. According to reports from Hollywood Reporter and Variety, YouTube is looking to switch up its original content strategy by making its programming free to all starting next year. Which is cool. And I yeah. like I'm all for more people getting to see um Cobra Kai. Yeah. Cuz Cobra Kai was a great series. It was. I enjoyed it a whole bunch and yeah, <laughs> that being on would be that being on more things would be pretty cool. Yeah, get and honestly, the, the creators will probably make more money off of this than they would the YouTube originals being ad ad blocked anyway. Like they're because they're they're also going to get ad revenue from their shows. So let's let's let them make more Cobra Kai for cheaper than how much YouTube was paying them because they're getting ad revenue now. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, there's also a lot of ad guidelines, so it might change the show a bit. But we'll have to wait and see. Um. But yeah. So I guess that is the end of news. That is the end of news. Um. So what were you up to this week? Uh. You know, Thanksgiving. Um. Yeah. There's there's that holiday that's in America that was last Thursday. So I ended up having to bake a lot and then rack my brain on what I was gonna buy for Black Friday. Um. <laughs> yeah. That was a very tough decision. I was. I was crossed between Valkyria 4 or uh, Mario vs. Rabbids Deluxe Edition. I fell into Mario vs. Rabbids Deluxe Edition because I feel like with it being the Deluxe Edition, they were both the same price. With it being the Deluxe Edition, uh, I get everything that everyone had for the DLC. I, I might get the same the same amount, if not more, playtime as I would Valkyria for the same price. And Valkyria is definitely going to drop in sales or drop in price within the next... Six months, I'm sure. Probably. The game came out in March of this year. So by March, it'll probably go half price. The only problem is I don't know if it'll ever go half price on the Switch. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. And worst case scenario, it'll probably be cheap next year. Like for Black Friday. Yeah, that's true. Which, uh, you know, I can wait. Or I might get it when I get my tax return or whatever. But I had to limit myself to what I was going to buy. Because I'm definitely getting Smash next week. I wasn't going to let Smash pass up. So I was like, I can only buy one. Originally, it was going to be Overwatch because that was 20 bucks. But I played Overwatch for about five hours and was maybe only having fun for about three. I'm like, I might have more fun playing Mario vs. Rabbids. Plus, I don't need to play with friends in Overwatch. And I'd rather pay the $10 for a game that I've been wanting to get since it came out. Whereas, yeah, which is fair. Whereas, there's a possibility that maybe Overwatch might eventually become free to play. And I can just wait off on that. I don't know. It's Blizzard. Or it might become even less than 20 bucks in the near future. Who knows? Um, because I, I, I did, I played, I played Overwatch for not the, I played a few matches in the past, but I actually like played Overwatch. I sat down and played for about like, about like five, six hours. Uh, I played with Drew and this was after we recorded last week. And I, thanks for inviting me. You talked to Drew and he's the one who invited me into the party. What Plus you were bitch. probably asleep because it was like 11 and you fall asleep at 930. 1030. Whatever. I go to bed at 10. I'm asleep by 10.30. Yeah. So, um... I'm surprised Drew was up at 11. Yeah, me too. Uh, so I played for a bit, and I, like, 
I, I found a few characters that I liked playing as. Ash was one of my favorites as a DPS. And um, for the tank, I was just using Wrecking Ball because he's a fucking hamster. Yeah, he's a, he's a fun character. And then for the healer, I was using uh, Lucio, I think his name is. Yeah, that's who you, you had mentioned. I, you actually mentioned those three last week when yeah. Drew and I got here and you had been playing. I played for like a few minutes or like maybe an hour before you guys yeah. got here or whatever. I like Lucio. Lucio and D.Va were the two that I tended to swap back and forth with. Okay. Um, I just, D.Va's in a fucking mech. Yeah. And I thought that was neat. And her, um, her ultimate is she sends the mech suit. Well, she, she basically abandons the mech suit to self-destruct. Yeah. But if you do her dash attack and then, and then pop it, um, it will fly forward. Okay. Which, like, it's super common now, but at the time it was not as common. So yeah. you tended to, like, throw people off. Yeah. Um, but if you just, so the thing with, with hers was if you pop it off without moving, um, and then you don't get the fuck out of there, you die too. Yeah. So doing, like, your dash and then blowing it, um, tends to get the fuck away from you. Yeah, makes sense. Um, but if you get, um, her points back up as just her running around with, like, two little pistols, uh, you can then just summon a new suit. Yeah. Which I always thought was cool. Yeah, it, it's a neat game, it's a fun game, but I, there were just, there were matches where I was just like, this fucking stupid, and then there were matches like, alright, this is neat, but, like, I, I can't figure out if it was, like, 50-50, or maybe, like, I had maybe a little bit more fun some of the time, but... In order to synchronize, like, I wouldn't play that game without friends. Like, yeah. I might play a little bit without friends, but in order to synchronize schedules with everybody who has it, or with at least one person who has it, it's, it's, it's not gonna work out. So, I, I'd rather wait and get something that I would more enjoy, like Mario vs. Rabbits, which I played, I'm, uh, I think I'm in like the eighth section of the first world, the jungle world. I'm really enjoying that game. Yeah, it's, it's a cute game. It's, it's a, it's a stupid fun game. It's got a silly story and it's just got like just ridiculousness going on. I just got Luigi. I, I haven't even fought with him yet. That's how Oh wow. That's how much I just got him and like I guess he's like a sniper. He's got he's got long range weapons. So I added him to my team in place of uh Luigi Rabbit. And the the cool but lame thing is the uh the deluxe edition comes with some free DLC weapons which are more powerful than a lot of the weapons that you can unlock at the beginning. So right now I'm kind of overpowered because I have these uh, 2D style weapons or these pixel style weapons is what they're called. Oh, that's cool. So like a lot of the game's kind of fairly a little too easy, but I the game in general, so that game early on is very easy. It's it's a very approachable like strategy game. Yeah. Like it is not XCOM. Yeah. So what I never actually finished it. I do want to get back to it, though. Like, watching you play, I'm just like, man, this game was really good. I need to go yeah, back to yeah. it. Um, at a certain point, like, the game gets fucking hard. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I'm sure it will, and that's why, like, I'm not trying to rush through it, but I do want to get through a lot of it before Smash comes out, because I know I will de- be dedicating... Smash comes out on the 6th. 7th. 7th, which is... Friday. Two, Friday next week? Okay. So, as soon as... Fuck, I'm playing... I'm most likely playing D&D on Friday. Shit, I won't even be able to play it until, like, Sunday. Man, you suck. It sucks, man. But... At least uh, it's just Smash. No one likes Smash. Everyone likes it. Well, the thing is, there's a party on Saturday, and I'm sure people are going to want to play it. Thanks for the invite. It's not my party, <laughs> okay? I'm not throwing the party. I'm just... That's making... always your excuse. I only throw one party a year, bro. Maybe, maybe throw more than one. Maybe two. Starting next year, I might do half-giving. But besides that... It, are you going to do that in, like, April? 
I believe halfway is just before labor, just before Memorial Day. So probably May or Juneish, like April. Yeah, May I guess or June. that would be the Thanksgiving is mid May. It would be the second to last week of May, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and I calculated it out from between this Thanksgiving and next Thanksgiving. Like it is like I believe the sixteenth of May is yeah. Thanksgiving. From now till next year's Thanksgiving. I mean, if you, if you want to do it exact, like if you want, if you want to be as exact as possible, you would just do it the second to last Thursday of May. Yeah, but the thing is, like that's Memorial Day, so no, Memorial Day is the last Monday. Well, I mean, it's it's close to Memorial Day as well. Okay, I mean. yeah, yeah. So I might I might do it in like June because there's nothing really happening in June. Uh, because I don't want to have too many things going on at once. I don't want to have like Thanksgiving, then Memorial Day, Memorial Day, then Thanksgiving. So I might do it in June, but more to come on that. I have a free turkey. I need to find it somewhere. <laughs> I have a free turkey, so I'm probably doing it. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm enjoying rabbits. I'm so happy I decided to get that. Like I'm sure I would have been happy with Valkyria, but like I said, that's gonna drop in price soon. It's almost a year old. It's not a Nintendo game, which rabbits isn't, but it's using Nintendo properties. So I'm not surprised it hasn't dropped in price. Um. Besides that, what I I think I played a new new board game. I can't remember the name of it. No, Man. and you're not uh, coming to PAX. No, I I won't. I I never got a ticket. I might go on Friday or Saturday. They're still available, but get them. If you're gonna go, order them now before the t- prices go up. Uh, well, the thing is, we don't know if Marone's going. Oh, Eric's told me yesterday he was. He says that now. Like. He says that now, but he, he might end up dropping out one of the days or whatever. Oh. And I'll just, if, like, he has a ticket, but, like, Eric, I don't know if Eric's taken off Friday or not to go. He said he was, he, Eric said he was going to be there all three days. Uh, well, I wasn't sure if he's taken off or he's just going to go after work. I mean, by the time he's off of work, it's basically wrapping up. Yeah, true. I think Friday is an early-ish day, maybe yep. like six or seven. So, I might... If Marone ends up not going on Saturday, I might be able to just steal his ticket and go. But I, I, I don't have, I didn't buy a ticket and I've got plenty of other things I need to spend money on over the next two weeks. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about it, but it's a fun time though. Uh, I would, I really wish I could remember the name of this game because it was, it was silly fun. Um, the basic gist of it is you are trying to get a letter to the princess to, um, to, like to court her, and so there's a there's a, a deck of cards, and what happens is everybody gets one card, and then you wash one, and then from that point on you just play cards, and each card has a specific rule or specific set. So if you play the guard, you get to look, you get to pretty much if you play the guard, it's pretty much go fish, and you get to point at somebody say, do you have whatever card? If they do. They're out for the rest of the the rest of the round. If they don't, they don't. Um, each card has a number value to it, and uh, there's a specific number of each card. So, like the guards has number one. It's the lowest number value, but there's like five or six of them. Um, the princess, there's only one of them. It is eight. And like the princess, if you have to discard the princess, you're out of the game. If you have to discard, or if you get, if you have the countess and you get either the the king. Or the prince, you have to discard the countess. Things like that for each card. And at the end of the round, the winner is the last person standing or the person with the highest point value card. Okay. You get a point and you got to get... Uh, we played with four people. You got to get four points. 
Rounds so one. is it the first person with four points wins, or is it just whoever has the most points? First person with four points wins. Okay. So, like, with a four-person game, it's first person with four points. Is it, like, is it just the number of people indicates, uh, or does it skew I, I think a little? It, I think it changes. I think four is the max, and I think, like, with three people, it might be, like, five or six points. Like, the games go pretty fast, and it it, it turned into, um, essentially a a game between me and my our my friend's uh 10-year-old son <laughs> there was the four of us 10-year-old son my two friends and me and i got 3 points it was like we each got a point and then i got two more and then he no i got i got a point my friends got each got points and then i got two more and then he got four fucking points in a row nice it's like you son of a bitch but it was did it you was, call him that no 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 <laughs> Um, but it was, it was, it's a fun game. I just, I wish I could remember the fucking name of it. But it's like, it's very, it's like, it's a very small card game though. It's like, only comes with very few. Okay, so it's, it's, it's literally like one of those games that just comes in like a box of cards. It, it comes in like the boxes, like, uh, you know how it's like the cardboard box with the plastic covering? Yeah. It's that, the plastic covering has everything in it and it comes in a little felt baggy. That you use, that's how you carry the cards around. Oh, wow. And it, it fits the book, the cards, and all the point tokens, all in this little felt baggie about the size of... A- that's cool. At least it's like a, it's like an easy game that just kind of, like, takes some place to play. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you're going to go to, like, um, like one of, like, the bars or, like, things where, like, they encourage people to play board games. Yeah, something like that. Um, I just... Uh, I can't remember the name of it, and it's making me so mad. <laughs> um, I don't think Any- I did much of anything else like i said at the beginning i i got to the ninja zords for power rangers um i'm like five or six episodes into season five which i didn't realize or season three which i didn't realize 13 episodes after they 13 to 15 episodes after they get the ninja zords they get the shogun ninja zords yeah because the ninja zords get destroyed but i think they get them back because the shogun zords ended up not being it's 13 episodes and then they get the shogun zords for 13 episodes and then the Alien Rangers for six episodes, and then Neo. Zio. Zio. I don't, see, I don't remember them using the Shogun Zords all that much. I remember the Shogun Zords being super lame too, and they're not being one for the Pink Rangers, so. Yeah. She shared the White Rangers. Which is probably, the White Rangers, uh, cockpit is American made. They, all the cockpits for the Shogun Zords are American made cockpits, and any scenes you see with the Rangers in the cockpits are American-made scenes because there was no Pink Ranger in when it became the Shogun Zords. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I read that up. I was like, that's... that's that cool. Actually, that sounds right because I remember yeah. kind of reading that myself, too. And that's why, like, they cut out Kimberly but still, for some reason, had a Pink Ranger. Like, it's so weird. But- well, I think I think um, Amy Jo Johnson wanted to leave the show, but, like, they were... Because st- she left before the Shogun Zords, didn't she? Uh, she's still in, but she's talking about, like, because her parents moved, her, her mom moved away to France, and so she's living with Aisha now, but she's been making mention of having to do, like, a gymnastics. She's thing. been doing a lot of more gymnastics. There's been a lot more times where, similar to when the other three were leaving, like, she's been an afterthought. She's been in it, but she's been kind of an afterthought. Like, she's not been in as much. Yeah, I think that was definitely one of those things where, that act, like, part of it was probably they're just, they, they did not have scenes for her because that ver- color ranger didn't exist in the yeah. footage they were using. 
But I think I think I remember reading someplace that like she was actually like in the process of leaving the show too. She just didn't leave it as I guess harshly as like yeah, the yeah. previous actors did. Like it was like a planned exit. Yeah. Um. But I think a lot of those early reasons I think are why they started just doing full new casts and stories every season so that they didn't have to try and oh well this season there's only four rangers so fuck yeah (laughs) but the thing is like it's still uh super sentai like it's still zero ranger the the or like the original zoo ranger or whatever because it's still the same costumes like there's their ranger costumes are still the original mighty Morphin costumes like i just i have a feel like i don't it's so I feel like maybe a lot of the ranger portions are not in the the ninja. Yeah, no, I don't uh, think original they were. series like the ninja because they have that ninja costume and then they have the ranger costume. Yeah, that's I, I don't the I, ninja costume they're changing into and fighting the big bad a lot more than they are the the ranger costume. Yeah, like I think that's actually the case. Like I think I think that season was actually different suits. Yeah. And, like, a, probably different characters altogether. Because this is them, like, wrapping up with these... And then when... Because they'll have the, the Alien Rangers, which is a different set of suits and a different... For America, a different set of Rangers. It was a miniseries for America. I don't know how it was in... in uh, Yeah, I don't know how Japan. that worked there either. But then they have the Zeo, which... They still have a majority of the same cast. It's all the same cast. Is it still all the same yeah, cast? Yeah, Tommy is the Red Ranger, Adam is the Green, Rocky is the Blue. Uh, Billy um, disappears because he ages. Um, Aisha is... No, Tanya becomes the Yellow Ranger. Aisha yeah. leaves and stays wherever Tanya is, which I think is Africa. As weird as that sounds. Like okay. I, like So, like, they all become children and they all have to go find, like, their spirit person that, yeah. like helps them get their powers back and become the right age. Yeah. Billy goes to the Aquatar yeah, planet because with the he used an ability or he used a machine that turned him back teenager, but then they, when they fixed time, he became an old man. Something like that. And he something with his power coin also got affected. It was basically the Zero Rangers went it went from six rangers to five rangers again. Yeah. So yeah, Rocky became blue, Tanya becomes yellow and Cat is pink, I guess. Yeah. And, and then and then Jason comes back as the Gold Ranger. Yeah, with Trey from Triforia is yeah. the is the actual Gold Ranger. He is injured so he temporarily gives the powers to Jason. Yeah. Which I I didn't realize they had a crossover episode with Common Rider. Yeah. The beginning of season 3 uh on Netflix it's the beginning of season 3. I it might technically not have an actual place setting. It's before Ninja Rangers, but it's like its own thing. There was also a crossover with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the next um, mutation. Really? But I think that was I want that was either Lost Galaxy or Rangers in Space. I think it was yeah. Rangers in Space. But I'm I'm almost done. I think once I finish Mighty Mighty Morphin and the Alien Rangers before Zio, I might take a break from Rangers for a bit and watch other stuff, and then go back and and then go back to Zio. Yeah, because Turbo is where the the cast changes. Or I might do, I might wait until Turbo. Like, wait until the full cast change. And then yeah, so I take be- a break. I believe the cast change might be at the midway or end of Turbo. Because t- Turbo it was a, another movie. So it was... Yeah. It was... Um, and, and I remember, because no, there's still a similar cast in Turbo. I think maybe Jason David Frank is out, but Rocky is still in it. No. Because so, he gets hurt, and the little kid becomes the Red Ranger. 
I yeah yeah. So that's what I mean. So in the middle of so the the cast carries over from Zio. Yeah. Like Tommy is still the Red Turbo Ranger when Turbo starts. Okay. Um, and then at a certain point, all of the older Rangers are finally graduating high school. So like Tommy and Adam and all of them. Yeah. And um, Rocky had had become injured. So yeah, the kid becomes the Blue Ranger. Yeah. But uh. The kid is the only one that stays because he's still a kid. So, like, he has not outgrown being a ranger, I yeah, guess. Yeah, apparently you can only be a teenager. And he wasn't even a teenager. He was, like, fucking 12. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, so then they, they give the powers to everyone else. Those characters finish out the Turbo season and then transition other than the Blue Ranger. The Blue Ranger does not go Yeah. Um. because he's 12. The rest of them all go off into space. Yeah. And then um. I believe... I can't remember the guy's name. It, um, but the Red Ranger that took over for Tommy as a Turbo Ranger becomes the Blue Ranger in space because the Red Ranger in space is Ty. His name was Ty, I think. Um, was Andros the the alien guy? Yeah, with like the long blonde hair, kind of looked like Legolas. Yeah. Um, I remember way too much about these shows that I have not seen since I was eight. I mean, I remember. <laughs> I remember. Geez, it's it's so cool. So it, it's it's awesome. So so you have to get into. Power Rangers Wild Force, I think it was. It was 2003. It was the 10th anniversary. Yeah. Where it was Forever Red. That's a good episode. Yeah. Because it's every Red Ranger up to that point. Yeah. And, and it's, I think that's also, is Wild Force when Jason David Frank comes back as a Black that's Ranger? That's Dino or, Thunder. That's Dino Thunder, right. Yeah. I actually watched Dino Thunder when it aired um, because he was in it. Yeah. That one was also good. Yeah. But, but they, they got better as the seasons progressed because. I feel Some like, of them did. I feel like they stopped using as much footage from the original series and started making their own and were able to better combine things and not make the, it as campy. They got better at combining things. It was still a lot of, yeah. like, the original Japanese footage just cut together. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Dino Thunder was actually a really interesting one. But uh, Forever Red was just cool because it opens up where... It just opens up at, like, a pool. And, like, Bulk and Skull are, like, working at this pool. Yeah. And... They get like a phone call and they have to go over to Tommy who is like just like lounging on like a beach chair and they're like, um, excuse me, sir, there's like a call for you. And like he answers the call and I guess it was Andros who had been like on the moon like scouting stuff as um whoever the big bad was at the time, I forget who it was, was reviving Serpentera. Yeah. Zed's giant dragon zord. Yeah. Um, which Serpentera, that thing, so ridiculous. It's a giant thing, but they don't know how to power it. So it lands in the city. And then runs out of power while stepping on, uh, shit, Tor, the, the shuttle Zord. It makes me cry every time I see Tor in pain. Yeah. Like, poor Tor. Like, but, uh, but yeah, in, in Forever Red, it's just, it's so goofy because Tommy, like, calls all the Red Rangers together. Um, even though, like, the morphing grid is supposed to be destroyed at this point, right? And, like, they, yeah. they're morphing a different way. After a certain point. So, you have... So, Jason is the last one to show up. Like, literally, they're all getting ready to leave. And, like, Tommy does that, like, look back. He's like, I really thought he'd show up. And then, like, a dude on a motorcycle pulls up, and it's Jason. Yeah. And he says something like, what, you thought you were going to do this without me? And then they go, and, yeah, they do all start morphing. And you have Jason is the Mighty Morphin Ranger, who apparently can fucking morph again as the Red Ranger. Yeah. Even though... He passed that power on to Rocky, and then that power was destroyed. Well, the the, be- the better part is Super Mega Force. Tommy is the Green Ranger. Exactly. I, I was going to mention that. Like, but 
how the fuck is he the Green Ranger when the Green Ranger power was gone before Mighty Morphin even ended? Let's get to Super Mega Force in a second. So Jason is the is the Mighty Morphin. Yeah. Um, Tommy somehow manages to morph into the Zeo Ranger, even though that was not his last Ranger. Yeah. But he had passed the Red Turbo Ranger on, so that guy was the Red Turbo Ranger. Yeah. Everybody else. So like it was the Mighty Morphin and Zeo stuff. And and actually, the Turbo, too, were the three that made the least amount of sense. Because as far as I remember, all the other ones actually... That's when they started changing every season with new heroes. They were able to come back. And yeah, like, it, I don't remember any of them ending with just everybody yeah. losing their powers. Yeah, like, I don't, I, don't, I don't remember how it is that the Morphin Grid gets destroyed, and all Rangers prior to Rangers in Space, I believe, shouldn't be able to morph. Or maybe it's prior to Turbo. But I don't know how it gets destroyed. I don't remember well, any of that. I know Zordon, like, sacrifices himself at a certain point to cleanse the universe of evil. Yeah, he leaves with Alpha 5 to fight a war somewhere else. No, no, he literally sacrifices himself and cleanses the universe of evil. Okay. Because, like, the final scenes of, like, those characters, they show Lord Zed and Rita as humans, like, living on, like, in, like, a trailer somewhere. Okay. Like, it's, it's something super goofy. And then, cause I, I, cause that's when they bring in the woman who's in the, in the tube, and it's Alpha 6. Like, they bring Alpha back, but there's yeah. a woman talking to them in a tube, and she's not just a face, she's actually, like, waist up. Yeah. And it's Alpha 6, who still has the same voice and everything, so then writing off Alpha 5 was stupid. But so, they then, Alpha 6 is also in, space i want to say he goes with them yeah and they 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 do actually change his voice in that okay i i I believe i i mostly stopped watching it like around the in space yeah because it was really confusing too because you had in space where like the villain was andros's sister like she had been like abducted as a child and basically brainwashed by like the big bad yeah um but then they like save her but i guess andros didn't realize they saved her um, and then she is then the Yellow Ranger in Lost Galaxy. Yeah. Which makes even less sense because there's this, like, giant, like, traveling space station that somehow Bulk and Skull end up on. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And, and then somehow Bulk and Skull get back to fucking Earth for, like, Super Mega Force and shit, where Skull is training Bulk's nephew or son or something like that. Yeah, but so Super Mega Force. Not only was Tommy the Green Ranger, he has a bunch of fucking magic powers that he's never had before. He can turn invisible, he can fly, like... <laughs> yeah, I just... He also has Saba. He has the White Ranger sword, too. He has Saba, but he's the Green Ranger. If I remember correctly, I think he uses Saba and, like, holds yeah. it out for somebody to pull them out of, like, a crashed car. Yeah. And then when he shows up later morphed, he's the Green Ranger. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes... Like, I really wish they would have done what a lot of people did with fan art and just combined the green and white ranger together. Like, yeah. That would have been, like, have so, the white ranger... No, that, uh, that's essentially shield. canon now. What, the green and white ranger combinations? Yeah, it's Lord Draken. Okay, um, yeah. He is, he is a, a alternate universe version of Tommy that never left Rita's services. Yeah. And becomes, like, the most ruthless villain in the universe. He destroys the Morphin Grid. Like, okay. he destroys it and just fucks everything up. Yeah. You, honestly, with you going back and rewatching these, this show, you should try and pick up, like, maybe, like, the trades or, like, a compendium I, of the Boom series. I do. I'm gonna look... I, I always forget that it's comics. I'm gonna look at it, look for it on Amazon and see if I can get them 
and add them to my wish list. Yeah, that's how we do Christmas gifts with my fa- or Christmas lists with my families. Here's my Amazon wish list. I'll just keep updating it until Christmas. Yeah, at least the um the first thirty issues. Yeah, which were all written by the same guy. Um, and th- there's actually there was at least one mini series. It was um it was the pink uh, it was a Pink Ranger mini series. I want to say it was six issues. That was also really cool because yeah. it was after Kimberly left. So it literally picks up with like she just finished a competition in like Europe, okay, and was then going to see her mom and stepdad in France, okay, and like some bad guy stuff happens, and the Rangers are all like off planet dealing with something at that point, and she no longer has like her powers, so um she ends up contacting Alf and Zordon because she still has her communicator, and Zordon gives her a portion of his power so that she can morph again. Okay. And she bursts into, like, this cool, like, pink-on-black costume and then is able to actually get Trini and Zack to come help her. And get the- she gives each of them a portion of that power so they can all morph again. It was it was a cool little miniseries. Yeah, I'll... I'll I want to check it out. I want to read them. Yeah, and the Lord Draken stuff is really good. Because they, they do... um They basically do Super Mega Force. Yeah. Where, like, they have this one big bad who's going around killing all of the, um, he's basically killing every ranger he can, especially, like, versions of himself to get their power coins to merge them all into one and become the most powerful being and basically become one with the Morphin Grid so that he can create his own reality. Okay. Um, and he ends up, uh, so that results in, like, our core rangers, um, recruiting every other ranger that has ever existed onto like a team to go fight him okay so you get to see all these different rangers from all the different series yeah i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna look into the comics because i i just i fucking love power rangers and i'm i'm act, i'm happy i started rewatching it like i want to i want to like take a break from it at some point to start watching other things or to just give myself a breather from it but with with smash bros coming out i'll be able to play smash bros and watch power rangers at the same time because like who knows how well of a story there's gonna be but i'll be able to definitely take breaks and watch from time to time but yeah no more no more need to talk for power rangers for this episode we'll see what happens for next episode yeah and so i i just kind of looked it up there are a bunch of um trades available okay um it looks like maybe Maybe March is when, like, the next one comes out that might be the, um, part, at least part of, um, the thing. Yeah. The Shattered Grid stuff. Yeah. But what about you? What did you do this week? Um, I actually did a bunch. Oh, boy. I did a bunch. So, um, I went last, actually, we, we went on Thanksgiving night, like, after dinner and everything like that, like, after I left my parents, um, we went and saw Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald. Okay. Not very good. Yeah, I'm I'm not surprised. Um generally like I enjoy those movies and I thought Fanta- the first Fantastic Beast was actually a fun movie. Yeah. Um this one less fun. Like there was less fun stuff happening. Yeah. There were actually I feel like there were more Fantastic Beasts in this one. I, I feel I feel like Zack Snyder got a touch of got into this. No, because you know what? Like there was too much character development and not enough stuff actually happening. Okay. And but like the character development wasn't good either. Like it was a little too scattered. Yeah. Um, and it's a shame because, like, it has a strong cast. Like, Jude Law as Dumbledore was fantastic. Yeah. But he was barely in it. Like, it, I wish they could have focused more on that. And even, like, Johnny Depp was really cool as Grindelwald, but he wasn't in it a lot. And when he was in it, he just, he didn't come off like the character that they were always describing. Yeah. 
Um, but like Eddie Redmayne, like really good as as Newt Scarmander. Yeah, I think that's how you say his name anyway. Yeah, something like that. Um, and like all the returning characters were good. I thought the direction they went with some of them just made it weird. Yeah, like it it just seemed out of character. Um, because like they they had some characters kind of do like heel turns essentially. Yeah, but like I'm not sure how much that's going to stick. Um, there's also the weird thing. So you know that they basically tell they 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 it. It came out ahead of time. Um, Voldemort Snake Nagini, yeah, is a female character in the movie. Yeah, um, like she is like a cursed character that like over her life will just become the snake and not be able to t- change back. Yeah, um, so like she's in the movie and like she can willingly change back and forth right now, but like she kind of ends up with the good guys at a certain point in the movie, and it makes me wonder like how the fuck does she end up with Voldemort? <laughs> <laughs> I also heard like. She ends up being a snake more so than she's even being herself. No, the... she's she's a snake once. Okay. Like, there is a 12-second scene where she is a snake. Okay. Um, They do a lot with Ezra Miller's character from the first movie. Um, The kid that had, like, the, the Demi thing inside of him. Yeah. Um, But, like, none of that is particularly well done. Like, it was just... I don't know. It was, it was kind of slow and drawn out, and just not enough happened. Yeah. But... I, I... Like I'm very interested in the movie. I just I f- looking from tra- like from time to time like I'll see like extended trailers and stuff. I'm just like this. I just I I'll wait. I can definitely wait for this because I don't I don't think it looks good. Yeah, I just don't think it looks good. And it's very much a middle chapter. But whereas like Empire Strikes Back, fantastic middle chapter. Yeah, this not so much. Yeah, so we- like it's not the worst it could have been, but it's definitely one of those things where. Like, there's no reason to rush out and say it. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I played some games. Okay. Um, on Friday, on Black Friday, um, we had the Haycocks and the Appletons over. Uh-huh. And we played Secret Hitler. Okay. Um, I don't know if you ever played that before. No, I have no idea what it is. Um, Avalon Resistance, like the somebody's a bad guy sort of idea. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. it's one of those. Yeah. So it's, it's Nazis versus not Nazis. <laughs> basically mm-hmm. um and you do the whole like blind picking thing where everybody gets an envelope and the envelope has what faction you're in and then like who you are essentially yeah so like you'll get like a card and it'll either like you'll either get a fascist or i guess a capitalist i think is the other one yeah um and you'll also one one fascist will also either have a nazi card or a hitler card if you're hitler you are the secret hitler um nobody knows you're hitler Except for the other Nazi. Yeah. Or other Nazis, depending on how many characters you have, or players you have, I should say. Um, and I guess at certain points, depending on like how many people you have and what sort of rules you're going with, there are situations where the secret Hitler will know who the Nazis are, but none of the Nazis will know who Hitler actually is. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So, which may- adds like an extra layer to it. So we were playing, there were six of us. Um, and the way it ends up working that way is... There's two fascists, one of them being Hitler, and then four capitalists. Yeah. And what you end up doing in that game, just like Resistance and Avalon and all those games, um, it, the presidency goes around the table. And each president gets to appoint a chancellor. And then, so, if I'm the president, I would appoint you the chancellor, let's say. Yeah. You then, you then get given three cards. F- I'm sorry. I pick three cards up. There are three of, like, the, the policy cards or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. And you pick them up at random. Like, you just pick them up out of a deck. You pick three of them. They're either going to be um, capitalist cards or fascist cards. 
and whichever one passes, it it moves the board up. So I think it's like five or six spots to win, essentially. Mm-hmm. So if you get all five or six filled with capitalists before fascists do, capitalists win. Yeah. Um. So the president gets to pick them up, looks at them, they picks up three, discards one, face down, nobody gets to see it, and then hands the other two off to the chancellor, who does not get to... Like, nobody else gets to see them before the Chancellor does. Yeah. He then looks at the two, plays one of the two he has. So, like, he could have two fascists, two capitalists, one of each. Um, If he has one of each and he plays the fascist side, then it's like, well, why are you doing that? Like, did you have a choice? And and you can just say, like, I had no choice. And then the president can either back you up and be like, yeah, no, like, I, all, I drew three fascist cards. Like, that's yeah. all I could give him. Or the ca- the president can be like, no, I gave him a choice. Like... I gave him a capital. I, I had a capitalist and a fascist. He picked fascist. Yeah. Um. So the the one thing that they do that's kind of cool is on the fascist side, depending on how many play like players you have, you get um abilities after you get so many policies approved. So how we were playing, it was the first two you get nothing. The third one, you then um the president gets to look at the cards. So they actually get to um pick up the. I'm sorry. No, go back. The chancellor gets to look at the cards before the turn moves on. Okay. So they get to see, like, okay, so the next turn, whoever has, like, the option, they're going to have, you know, two fascists and a capitalist card. Let's see how that plays out. Yeah. Um, And I believe with the third turn, you're also, on the third fascist one, you actually have to announce if, once you're elected in, if you are Hitler. Okay. And the idea is for the fascists, they want to get the third to the th- to at least the third fascist policy and get Hitler elected as chancellor. Because I'm sorry, I, I skipped that. Um, the president appoints the chancellor, but then the whole group has to vote them y- yay or nay. Okay. If they vote nay, the presidency moves on to the next person, and then that person can then appoint a new chancellor. Okay. Um, we played three rounds. Out of the three, I won two of them. <laughs> of course you did. Um. I was a fascist all three times, Hitler once. No, you're always Hitler. You're just Hitler. Um, it was the the first round, it was me and Sean. Okay. Like, I was Hitler, he was a fascist, and we won very quickly. Yeah. Um, the second one, I was a Nazi, and Erica was Hitler, I believe. And we managed to win that one, too. Mm-hmm. Um, fairly easily. Basically, both times by the same thing. Like, we just kind of played it cool, let her get three things, and then I got the presidency, gave her the chancellor, Game over. <laughs> yeah. Um, the third one we did not win. It was me and I was a fascist and I believe Sarah was Hitler. Mm-hmm. And it was just one of those things where we couldn't get the, like the cards just weren't coming up right where we could reasonably drop the fascist cards and also get like me the presidency so that I could elect her the chancellor. Yeah. And I think at one point she got the not, like people voted nay for her to be the chancellor, which made it harder to, like, elect her the chancellor. Yeah. But the game's fun. Like, if you have the right group of people, those, like, hidden villain games are always kind of kind of fun. Yeah, they're neat. It just depends. Like, if you have the wrong group of people, they cannot go so well. Yeah, it's just... It's like the uh, the werewolf game that I have. Um, Is it literally just werewolves? Uh, werewolves at uh, something hollow or something like that. I can't remember. And, yeah, it's... You have... Depending on how many people you have playing, you have uh, two or more werewolves... And everyone has to, over the course of a few nights, figure out who the werewolves are and hang them because the werewolves are slowly killing off everybody in the town. Yeah. That- the game is better with, like, seven plus people because 
you kill people die two people die every round that's that's kind of how avalon is it's yeah. not so much people die have you were you there when we played avalon or was I, that the game night you weren't there for i think it was the one i wasn't there for so that game is good if you you need the right again you need the right you need a large amount of people and the right people like yeah that's people that have played it before but at least people that understand it yeah. and pay attention to the rules because not that people didn't pay attention when we played it but a lot of people just weren't grasping it correctly yeah um because that's the game where like you have the it's like the the minions of morgan lefay or something like that and then the knights of arthur yeah and you know one person is merlin and merlin gets to know who yeah. the bad guys are but they can't outright say who the bad guys are because you also don't know who Merlin is. Well, yeah, and it's there's in in werewolves that there's a seer, and the seer gets to randomly guess. Like so, it's like there's a a, a a GM essentially who's narrating the game, and it's like everyone goes to bed at night. Uh, the werewolves wake up. The werewolves pick uh, acknowledge each other, and then the werewolves pick a victim, and it's all done in silent. And then werewolves go back to sleep, and then the waker the seer wakes up. The seer looks into their uh glass orb and they point they point somebody out and it's like i i i just or the gm will shake head yes or no or if you're playing with other extra npcs you flip the card and show them what they are yeah um yeah i want the same thing a bunch of extra characters you could potentially use yeah and it's 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 essentially like all right you can call it out and be like oh i'm the seer and i just saw that this guy's the werewolf but then the other werewolf's gonna go right at you. Yeah, it's, a- it's it's so it's it's a numbers game. Like, do you want to do this or not? And then with the werewolves, do you if if they're pointing out at another one of the werewolves, do you want to play along with them and be like, yeah, I think it was him, so that you survive? Because the werewolves win if one werewolf survives. The people win if the werewolves die. So yeah, I think Avalon is if you just have to get all of the the heroic acts done. And the good guys win. Yeah. If you don't get them all done in like the the amount of turns that you have, um, the bad guys win. Yeah. But it's um, if you get them all done, the bad guys have a chance to pick Merlin. If they identify who Merlin is, they win. So that's why Merlin can't out can't be obvious yeah. with it. Otherwise, you're just you're handing the game away. Yeah. Um. But yeah, other than Secret Hitler, um, I bought two games. Well, I bought three games. I did not play. Uh, shit, no. I bought a bunch of games. I'm sorry. Most of them were super cheap, like Switch, like um, virtual console games when they did their sale. Yeah. So I bought Celeste, The Messenger, and Undertale. Okay. Um, I've only played Celeste out of those three so far. Though I, I played a little bit of Undertale like years ago on PC. Yeah. Um, Celeste is really good. Okay. It's a platformer, um, kind of like Super Meat Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, very, very difficult and unforgiving. With, like, you know, if you miss a jump, like, you're fucked. You might as well just die and start it over. Yeah. Um, but also generous with how much you have to redo. Like, it's... I was telling you before we started, just because you die, you're not, like, going back to, like, the beginning of this really long, difficult path. You're generally just starting over from, like, the beginning of that screen. Yeah. Like, as long as you transition to new screen, you're pretty much safe. Yeah. And you can usually figure stuff out after a few times like you might die a bunch of times just kind of like testing the water essentially but like once you see the path it's really just a matter of hitting things right yeah and that's it's it games like that are games that like get like celeste and super meat boy maybe i'll try it out but 
I will never get much further than like three worlds in because I am yeah. just gonna get so mad and frustrated. I know Celeste had this one really. It was tough for me because I'm not great at them either. Usually, it takes me a while. Like I've di- I die a whole bunch. Yeah. Um. But there's this scene where you're getting chased by like this ghost of yourself essentially, and they the ghost will multiply as it's doing things. Um, but it basically follows the same path as you. So, like, if you go up and then have to, like, circle back and go down, it will go up and then circle back and go down. Okay. Um, and I was having the worst fucking time on this part, and it was one of the few things where it did start you pretty far back, just because the transitions were just far apart. Um, so that one took me longer than I'd like to admit to get yeah. through. But, like, once I got through it, like, it felt like an actual accomplishment. And I was like, fucking awesome. Not playing that ever again. <laughs> yeah. Because you can go back, because there's, like, items to collect, and there's what's called B-sides, which literally open up um alternate versions of areas. Yeah. That you can go back and, like, play later on, essentially. The game also has a really cool soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like the music, and... It's not like a super deep story, but it's got an interesting story. At least it's not a super deep story yet. I'm not that far into it. I probably played like two or three hours. Okay. And a lot of that time was dying because not great at these games. Yeah. But like I like you said, I I normally get frustrated too. Just like you die enough times on the same thing, it's like fuck this, I'm done. But like I felt like even though I was dying, I it was so quick back and forth that I was dying a bunch and moving on just enough to kind of offset the frustration. Yeah. And I still felt like I was accomplishing something. Yeah. Yeah, I sounds, like it. Sounds neat. I see why a lot of people were... when It, it came out early, like early this year. Like, I want to say January, February. Yeah. And, like, people at the time were like, yeah, this is on my list for Game of the Year. And I've heard people mentioning that it is still on their list for Game of the Year. Nice. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I also... Um, I bought Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. Um, not entirely... Like, I did not want this originally. And then, like, I saw people on Twitter, like, talking about it and loving it, basically. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe it's not as bad as it seemed. And, like, I'm looking at all the stuff that people are posting. I'm like, all right, like, this seems like it could be an okay game. I had a a gift certificate for Best Buy from, like, my my point thing. So I went and got it. And I got it on Saturday afternoon. And by Monday evening, I had, like, 16, 17 hours into it. Yeah. I am in Fuchsia City right now. It is... It, it's Pokemon Yellow. Yeah. Like, you you either end up with Eevee or Pikachu, depending on what version you buy. If if you get Pikachu, you're fucking playing Pokemon Yellow with just... There's honestly, like, some of the changes are annoying. Some of them are, like, straight-up quality-of-life changes. Um, They get rid of HMs entirely. So there's no more HMs, kind of like in Sun and Moon. Okay. Like, you don't have HMs. Like, you don't need to learn Fly yeah. and Surf. Uh, what you end up getting is there are people in different areas... Um, usually in whatever area you would have gotten the HM in that will teach you how to do like a special technique. And a lot of times they want to teach you, the player, how to do it. But then Pikachu or Eevee will like be like, nope, teach me. Yeah. And they end up learning it instead. So like it, in my game, like Pikachu can cut things down for me. Okay. Um, Flash, they've completely changed even what it is. It used to be like literally like a flash of light and you could see everything. Now it's like Pikachu like calms his senses and focuses and can see in the dark essentially and he can transfer that power to those around him. Okay. So weird. I was happy with Sun and Moon that they 
completely even took out Flash. Yeah. Like, like uh, there was no need. They didn't have any Pokemon or assist Pokemon that had a Flash ability. So. Yeah, and there was no reason to because there was no dark tunnels that you couldn't see your way through. Yeah, there could have been, but yeah. they just didn't add it because that was just a silly thing. Like Flash, like it was just dumb. Yeah, I don't know why. Well, it it, lo- it was one of those like lowered accuracy moves, but it sucked because you couldn't unlearn it. Yeah, especially in like the first couple, or at least the first gen. I don't remember if the second gen it offered the move deleter. Yeah, no. Um, I don't remember. But Fly is um, now Sky Dash, and it's literally Pikachu rides like a bicycle with balloons, mm-hmm. and it flies you places. Okay. I have not picked up Surf or Strength yet, so I'm not sure what those will be, but I'm assuming something goofy and similar. Yeah. Um, there's also guys in all the Poke Centers, well, not in all the Poke Centers, but in certain Poke Centers, wearing. The only way I can describe them is kind of like a circus ringleader. Okay. Which I think is what they're probably supposed to be. Yeah. Um, that will teach you, teach your, your starter, either Pikachu or Eevee, um, these special moves that are generally, like, they're elements that aren't necessarily their element. It's like the first one I learned for Pikachu was an electric one. It was Zippy Zap. Okay. Which is super powerful. Like, it one hit kills basically fucking anything that's not strong against electric. Okay. Um, but then, like, I learned a flying move called, like, floaty float where like pikachu literally just floats in the air with some balloons attached to him <laughs> and then dive bombs into the enemy <laughs> that's ridiculous um i just got one that is a uh, water move there's apparently like a fairy version of it and a grass version of it that you can get at different poke centers okay so like that's kind of cool yeah um there's no more bicycle though which is a bummer the bicycle shops there but it's just a dude who really likes bicycles that will tell you about bikes but okay. you cannot get a bike oh did you have to go through the because wasn't there the bridge portion where you had to be on a bike in order to go through it or was that a later there is that's that that was the bicycle road after celadon city yeah um they changed it it's no longer a bicycle road it they still say it's a it's a hill but it's just like a walking path now like you walk around there there's a bunch of grass over there and a bunch of trainers with um pokemon that you wouldn't see often and they all have their pokemon like outside with them because it's apparently like the, the way that, like, the game presents it is it's just, like, a cool place to go hang out with your Pokemon. Okay. So, like, I've seen all three Eevee evolutions that are available in the game hanging out there. Like, not wild, like, with a trainer. Yeah. Um, Like, a Primeape, um, a Wartortle, an Ivysaur, like, a bunch of just, not so much, like, super rare Pokemon, though, like, the Eevees and the starters would be. Yeah. But, yeah, just stuff like that. So, there's a bunch of trainers there leading to Fuchsia City. Um... But what you can do now is you can ride large Pokemon. Okay. Yeah. So when you, depending on what version you get, so Meowth is only in Eevee and Growlithe is only in Pikachu. That's dumb. So if you, when you get to Vermilion City, Lieutenant Surge's city, there's a dude hanging on a bench that if you talk to him, um, depending on which version, he'll, he will ask you to either catch five Growlithe or five Meowth. Whichever one your version has. Yeah. When you do that and go back to him, he will then give you the f- the evolution of the other. So, like, in mine, I could only get Growlithe. So, I brought him five Growlithe. He then gave me a fucking Persian. <laughs> um, because you can ride Persian. Okay. And you can also ride Arcanine. Okay. So, th- it's kind of like the game's way of, like, here, you can ride this Pokemon. He runs a little faster. Yeah. Um, they also got rid of the PC. You okay. no longer, like, your Pokemon are just fucking with you. 
Um, you only have your team of six. You cannot change them in battle. But just anywhere in the world, you can just open up the list of Pokemon and like swap your team out. Yeah. Um, and then you can also transfer duplicate Pokemon to Professor Oak and get candy. Okay. It's just it's not Pokemon specific candy the way like Pokemon Go is. It's like health candy and strength candy to and power up the IVs of not even the IVs, just the the regular stats or the IVs the, are the EVs IV- are the special stats, right? In Pokemon Go, it's it's IVs and it's strength, defense, and health. So they have all of the same stats they would have in like a core Pokemon game. Yeah. So like special defense, special special attack, like all that stuff. Okay. Um, but I know there's there's two different stats. I think IVs are always the regular ones. EVs are those hidden ones that people yeah. like go out of their way to train. You for. have to like do some weird stuff, like fight a bunch of Zubats or something like that. Like, yeah. yeah, and it's like very and specific, it's, and it's limited. Like you can only increase it by limited amounts. I I tried to get into EV training because I wanted to be like, all right, I want to like kind of see if I can get in a competitive Pokemon. It's fucking ridiculous. It really is. Um. But yeah, so catching in the game is basically Pokemon Go catching. Yeah. Um, it is one of the coolest fucking things though to be able just walking around and just have Pokemon just chilling, like walking out of the tall grass. Yeah. Like I was literally, I was, I was in a field and a fucking Mister Mime walked out of the grass. Huh. And I'm like, the fuck is going on right now? So- and I immediately ran over and caught that Mister Mime. Yeah. Um, some some stuff like Abra. If you try to, if you run up to him too quickly from the front, he teleports away. Okay. Which is very Abra-like. Yeah. Um, and there's certain Pokemon like Growlithe, they're, they're all over the place in Pikachu. Um, especially in like the, the area, well not all over the place, but like in the areas where Growlithe spawn, they just spawn like crazy. Yeah. So like it's super easy to get a Growlithe. Um, and even like Viridian Forest, I must have seen like seven Pikachus. <laughs> like I remember playing those games and not being able to find a Pikachu to save my life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I'm just walking around and there's like four Pikachu like hanging out in the grass. Yeah. I remember playing, uh, I think I had Fire Red and I made sure to catch every Pokemon that was in each area. It took me three hours to catch a fucking Pikachu. Yeah. So my first time playing Pokemon Blue in 1997, I guess it was. Yeah. Um, 97, 98. I did not know Pikachu was in Viridian Forest. Yeah. Um, I got all, I got all the way to Fuchsia City. I also had no idea at the time how to get Surf. So I was stuck in Fuchsia City. Like, I did Saffron and Fuchsia, could not figure out how to move on from there. Okay. Because that was the game where you had to go all the way through Safari Zone to find the Warden's Teeth to get Strength, and there was a guy at the back of Safari Zone that gave you Surf. Okay, yeah. Um. So, like, my Pokemon were way fucking overpowered by that point. Like, I had a Blastoise, because I started with a Squirtle that first time, that at that point, before I'd even gotten to the last two gyms, was level 70. <laughs> yeah. Um, I then went back and caught a Pikachu, because I found out he was in Viridian Forest at level 3, and raised that motherfucker up to level 40 before I got to Cinnabar Island. Jeez. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, so, the catching is... If you're playing in handheld mode, the catching is great. Like, no qualms about it there. Um, other than sometimes it's just frustrating when you can't fucking catch the thing. Yeah. And they will run away sometimes. It's, it's the same with just Pokemon. Like, I've, I've caught myself nearly throwing my phone because I just get so pissed off that, like, they moved or they jumped or, like, I threw it and it was a great throw and he was green. The, the ring was green. It was a great throw and everything. And I give him a berry and he still 
breaks out and then runs away. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Like, um, it does make sense sometimes. But yeah, so, sorry, I'm, I'm just, I lost my train of thought there. So yeah, playing in handheld though, it's really just, it's just tapping A. You, there's no like curve ball or anything like that. Um, you can use the joys, so they'll, they'll move around just like they will in Go sometimes. Yeah. So like certain Pokemon, like, the game actually tells you to just move the switch around. It's mm-hmm. kind of like it, AR, and it, that, that works better for fine tuning. If the thing moves a lot, you can actually just use the analog stick though to like move the camera far and then fine tune with the, um, the motion on yeah. like, like just turning the, the switch unit. Um, and then it's just, you hit A and you hit A to ready your Pokeball and then you hit it again to actually throw it. And it's got the same like Pokemon Go circle where like it just closes in. And if you get it in the middle, the smaller you, the circle is the, it's, you know, nice, good, great, excellent, I think. Good, great, excellent. <coughs> I thought there was nice too. I think or nice it is might be nice, great, excellent. Yeah, there you go. Um, if you get an excellent, it's a higher catch rate than yeah. if you don't get anything at all. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's how it is. Um, and like it's it's pretty easy to do, and especially if you throw. Um, I haven't figured out how to get berries. Like, I'm I'm not sure what the the stipulation is to get a berry. It seems to be after you catch things, sometimes you get berries. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that like make them easier to catch, like, that make, like, their circle change color, essentially. Raspberries. Um, they're, they're okay. The ones that seem to be better are the kind that, um, the pink banana-looking ones. Yeah, they Na- make it... Nanabs. Nana berries. Um, because they actually make them stop moving. Yeah. And so that way, like, if you throw that, you can then line it up, like, dead center, and it's way easier to get an excellent throw, and then you almost always catch them. Yeah. It's in... In Pokemon Go on the phone, 90% of the people trash the Nana Berries. Because generally you're going to throw a Raspberry at them and get the catch in one throw before they even move. So, I, I, when I was having inventory issues, anytime I got a Nana Berry, I just trash it. I don't use it. I don't need them. But in that one, it seems like they're more useful. Yeah, I mean, I have had better luck throwing them out than the Raspberries usually. Yeah. Um, catching the Pokemon with it docked is fucking infuriating and not fun yeah um the the switch motion controls suck they're not good at all and this game should not make you play that way if they didn't if they're like that system is not made for motion controls it's made for like minor things like one two switch works all right um just throwing your arms back and forth in arms probably works fine yeah but the way so when you play in docked mode you only use a single joy con in upright mode yeah. So it's already super uncomfortable because you're either... I don't know. For me, anyway, it felt very weird to try and play with just my left hand. I don't know why, but moving around with the left with just the left thing and also having to hit the buttons with it just didn't couldn't feel you, right. Couldn't you just use your right hand? Yeah. So then, but then you have to use the other Joy-Con. So I'm using the other Joy-Con, but for that one, the analog stick is... Lower. Very low. Yeah. So, like, the, the analog stick is underneath the face button. So it just feels awkward to, like, hold it because you kind of have to if you're an adult you have to literally hold it with like your thumb low and yeah it feels a little uncomfortable yeah um but then to catch you literally have to throw and it's not accurate at all i threw 20 pokeballs that did not hit the pokemon once huh. and like literally at one point i was sitting there perfectly straight arming just bringing my hand back and pushing it forward and the ball was just going left was your hand possibly a little crooked or nope because like- i literally stopped at one point and held it like directly in front and I don't know if it's because my Switch isn't dead fucking center in front of my TV. Who does that? Yours isn't dead center. Yours is off to the side a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, it's just and it, it was never even hooking the way that the that the switch was either. Like my switch to the right, it was hooking to the left every time. Okay. And then like if the Pokemon's moving at all, you literally can't hit it because there's no way to like aim. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. Like it was the most unfun I have ever had with a game trying to do that. The motion controls on the original Wii were better than these motion controls in this game. Okay. Yeah. Like playing Wii Sports or um oh what was the other Wii game that had motion controls that was actually pretty good. I can't think. There was another game I thought of earlier that was not like a motion plus game essentially. But yeah, Wii Sports like tennis, baseball, um bowling. All yeah. of those things way more intuitive than throwing a fucking Pokeball straight. Yeah. And, like, that's just... It sucks because I would love to play this on my TV and I just can't. Get good. No, so it is not just me. Like, I've, I've looked online. Everyone's like, yeah, throwing Pokeballs just doesn't work. You cannot hit anything. It is so inaccurate that it's just... You end up wasting your time. Yeah. And, like, you do have a finite amount of Pokeballs because at a certain point, like, you're not going to be able to make money anymore. Like, once you beat all the trainers, there's no way to make money. Do they not have a way to go back and fight them again? Not that I've seen yet. Um, so, from what I do know, um, so, like I said before, it's, it's the, it's basically Pokemon Yellow. Jesse and James and Meowth are in it. Meowth doesn't talk or anything. Um, your character and your rival are not the rival and your character from Red, Blue, and Yellow, though. Yeah. Red, Blue, and Green are actually in this game. Yeah. Um, so Blue shows up very early and he kind of pops up here and there. Um, red is apparently very hard to get, um, in order to, cause you can battle all three of them. Okay. In order to battle red, you have to become a master trainer. Um, so once you beat the elite four, and I think you also have to have completed your Pokedex. So you have to yeah. have all 153 Pokemon. Cause, okay. um, Meltan and Meltan, Metal, Metal, what, yeah, whatever. Meltan's whatever evolution. Um, count also. Yeah. Um, there are master trainers that show up around the world that are, they're not hidden, but they're not always in plain sight yeah that like they are a master trainer for that for one particular pokemon so like if it's the pikachu master trainer you can only battle them with a pikachu from what i understand okay and you have to beat them with just that one pokemon i believe no items or anything um and then when you beat them you then become a master trainer and like you get like acknowledged as that okay once you complete so many of them you can then go fight red outside of the pokemon league Okay. And he apparently, I think I read like his, he's like all level 70 and probably has like the original starters all maxed. Kind of like in Pokemon, um, silver and gold. Yeah. Where like when, if you go through the the whole game and then go to Mount Silver at the very end, he's like chilling, waiting for you with the strongest fucking roster. (laughs) And the the most, uh, interesting, uh, dialogue box you'll ever see. Dot, 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 dot. Right. He doesn't say anything. (laughs) Yeah. I forgot about that. Um, but yeah, for the most part, like the dialogue is, if it's not word for word yellow, it's damn close. Yeah. Cause there's enough of that sort of stuff that I've just done over and over again from playing all those games many times that is just engraved on my mind. Yeah. Like the short kid is there. The I like shorts kid. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, I know, and I know Erica in the, um, Celadon City gym says almost the same thing she did in the, in the originals. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think anything else that's really like noteworthy about it. You would say it's a good game though. Yeah, I've it's- I've been having a really good time with it. Um they do a catch combo thing too, where if you catch the same Pokemon over and over again, it increases the odds of shiny versions showing up. Yeah. Um of getting better ca- candy or more candy and of potentially getting rarer Pokemon to pop up in that zone. 
Yeah. It seems like thir- around 30 is like the combo that you want to get to have certain Pokemon show up. But like certain Pokemon are only going to show up in certain areas. Yeah. So you can catch the three original starters, Bulbasaur, Charmander, and Squirtle. Um, but like they're super rare in those areas unless it seems like you can get a high catch combo of something else in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, there are three people just like in yellow that will just give you those three starters. Okay. Um, you have to have each one of them asks you to have caught a certain number of Pokemon. Okay. It's like 40, 50, and 60, I want to say. Bulbasaur is 40. Charmander is 50 and Squirtle is 60. Okay. Um, I believe, so I thought they meant like number of species caught. So like my Pokedex had to show 60 caught to get all three of them. Yeah. I was wrong. You literally just have had to have caught 60 Pokemon. That makes sense. So like I could go out and catch 60 fucking Pidgeys and get all three of them. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I got all three of them very late because I didn't realize that. I went to get, and I also didn't realize where Bulbasaur was at the time, so I didn't try to get one until I had 50 species, and I got Charmander, and I talked to the guy, and he was like, oh, wow, you've caught 92 Pokemon. <laughs> I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? My Pokedex says I have 51. And then, yeah, it turns out it's just the number you caught, so. Cobb, come on now. But um, I also, I did the Pokemon Go Park thing, so they got rid of Safari Zone. Yeah. Safari Zone is now Pokemon Go Park. Okay. You literally sync your game with, like, your Switch with your cell phone, essentially. So it's, um, the game, you, in Pokemon Let's Go, there's, like, a, a thing to, to sync it. And then in the Pokemon Go app, there's a thing to sync it. Yeah. Once you sync it, you can go in the Pokemon Go, select Pokemon to send to the Switch. You can send up to 50 at a time. Okay. And then they will show up in the Pokemon Go park. You then have to go catch them. So they don't just, they're not just yours. You have to catch them. <laughs> yeah. Um, luckily, even if they run away, they just, they're still there. So you can just try again. Um, it took me about two hours because I sent 50 over. Um, not real. Like, I thought, like, the catching wouldn't be that bad. Like, I didn't think they were going to, like, make them all hard to catch. Um, I thought I would just run around, throw a Pokeball at each one, and it would be done. Um, that was not the case. Some of them were very hard to catch, and they were not very powerful. Yeah. Like, I think I got, like, a level 6 King that took me, like, 14 fucking Ultra Balls to catch. When you transfer something from Pokemon Go to, uh, uh, Let's Go, do you lose it on your phone? Yep. Okay. So that was why, like, I'm not super concerned about anything I had in Go, but I did try not to transfer anything that I hadn't gotten a final evolution of. Um, cause, like, so, like, I transferred over an Alakazam. Yeah. Cause you can only get Alakazam in the game by trading a Kadabra. Okay. So I'm like, well, I'm probably never going to get to trade a Kadabra, so I'll just transfer Alakazam over. And, like, I did that with a lot of them. Like, anything that was, like, version exclusive or, like, I transferred um, four Eevees. One to have an Eevee and then one for each of the evolutions. Okay. Um, And then I transferred, like, um, like Marowak, because you can only get Marowak in the game by evolving a Cubone. And certain things like that, like... Um, I transferred Hitmon Chan because I was going to get Hitmon Lee from the dojo. Okay. If I had a Gengar in Go, I would have transferred that over because you can only get Gengar by trading Haunter. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, I transferred, like, I had a Venusaur in Pokemon Go that I transferred over because it was super weak. And I'm never going to raise a Bulbasaur up to level 32 to evolve it. Yeah. Um. So, like, and honestly, like, that whole transfer thing, like, worked really well. Like, it wasn't bad, it was just time-consuming to catch everything. Had I known that, I would not have transferred 50 of them. I would have done, like, 
five maybe and yeah. then like done five more later on or a something. A few at a time and Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, like all like the fossil Pokemon I sent over, so like I would have multiples of them basically and stuff like that. Cool. Sound it's sounds like it's it was worth the hype. Yeah. And like I was looking for I was very much looking forward to it the closer release came. So I was like this looks like it's becoming more and more of like more than what I thought it was originally going to be. Me too. That's exactly and the right way to put it. It's I like I really want to get it. It's like I I want Smash more, so I'm getting Smash. I I understand that. Like I, I realize there are people that really like Smash. Yeah. Like I would encourage to get that before Smash. I know you're not going to, but I just feel like I honestly think you would get more out of Pokemon than Smash because at a certain point, like Smash is really only good when you have people to play with. Like, you can run through the game to, like, unlock characters, but once they're unlocked, like, there's nothing else to it. Yeah, maybe. Like, I have fun playing Smash, and I do tend to have more people, like, come over or bring my Switch places to have people play it. And I so, like, I'd, I'd prefer to have, like, more multiplayer, like, local multiplayer accessible games. And Pokemon is multiplayer. You can play with another person without them having their own Switch. Yeah, but it's you need motion controls for. I'm it. just saying, and it's a thing you can do. Yeah, but it's only <laughs> one other person. Whereas Smash Bros, it's is it up to eight? I Honestly, I don't know. I think it's up to eight. It should be up to eight because you can connect up to eight. It probably is total controllers. It might actually. I think it is only eight. It, it probably is only eight, but I think you technically they could probably go up to twelve because the GameCube adapter, GameCube controller adapter connects to the switch in the dock and then you can connect also eight wireless or like eight of the joy cons all together or eight uh pro controllers the system may only be able to handle eight inputs though probably like i i don't know i'm just guessing like i don't know either i'm just saying like may i don't know but i'm sure it's just eight but the i actually i added on to my uh amazon wish list uh, three more GameCube controllers for, and they're Smash Bros. Ultimate. They're making Smash Bros. Ultimate wired controllers for to connect into the GameCube connector. So I I asked for three more because I need them. I have yeah. the one from last from the last Smash Bros. I need three more, and I can have people here playing Smash Bros. with four GameCube controllers, and then I, I get I asked for at least two Pro controllers, or I have two Pro controllers requested on my wish list. So. I could probably get a full eight going. Probably. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, definitely get Pokemon at some point. Yeah. It's, it's good. I really hope that the core game that's supposed to come out next year, um, keeps some of this game. As, as long as they get rid of the way to capture and turn it into the RPG style that it's been. Yeah. I'm, other I am, than that, everything else is, it seems like it'll be fine to yeah, keep. I am honestly even okay if it, more so i think this was before we started recording but i was saying that the poke like the quote-unquote legendary pokemon because not all of them are legendary the stuff from the original games that were actually on the map yeah like snorlax the birds mewtwo uh you battle them first you battle them to zero with a timer and then once you not battle them down you get a chance to catch them with the pokemon go style catching yeah i would even be okay if that if like a version of that became the norm for the next core game, where you still battled them, but then after the battle, there was some sort of way to capture. Yeah, this way, 
Because I, I always thought it was dumb that you can't capture a fainted Pokemon. Like, it doesn't make sense to me that you take a Pokemon down to zero and it doesn't ask you if you want to catch it. Yeah. The thing can't fucking run away. Let me throw my Pokeball at this dead Pokemon. Or this, because it's not dead, it's fainted. You're not killing these things. You're just knocking it out. Like, yeah, but, but, yeah. Like, it would make sense to where, like, you take it down to zero and it's like, do you want to do the capture minigame? But if you don't want to do the capture minigame, maybe you take it down low and you just throw a Pokeball into battle. Like, maybe they do a combination of both. Well, I was even just thinking, you know, you, you, you battle them to zero. You can then opt, you can then opt to try and catch them. If you don't try to catch them, you just get experience for the battle. Well, yeah. If you try to catch them, you get experience for the battle plus a little extra for the capture if you get it. But, like, it's just one of those, like, you know, maybe not the exact same Pokemon Go style catching, but something where, like, yeah, you throw a Pokeball to it and maybe it escapes and then it literally runs away if you miss. But, like, maybe you can throw two or three Pokeballs before it runs away if you really want to. Like, like I feel like there's a way they can do it that kind of, like, combines the best of both. Yeah. Um, But I just... <coughs> Excuse me. As long as they so graphically, the game looks really nice, and I think this w- this graphic style would be fine for like the next core game on the Switch. Yeah, but like I need them to keep the Pokemon in the world because that is just something like that. That is the reason this game feels so special. Like running around like in a field, like not even trying to catch things, just literally like running through a field and seeing just like a random Pokemon pop up that you were not expecting to see. Yeah. Is like um, on that bicycle path you were talking about earlier. <clears throat> I was running down there and I was not expecting it at all. A fucking pony top popped out. I'm like, holy shit, that's a pony top. And I ran over and caught it. And then I decided, like, oh, there's pony top here. Let me catch a bunch of them so that I can get a combo and maybe a rapid dash will appear. Yeah. So, so I got like five pony top and then all of a sudden a rapid dash showed up. And I'm just like, fuck yeah. And I went over and I caught the rapid dash. Yeah. Like, just. That is something where it's like, yeah, like, it always felt kind of cool in the old games running around the grass, and, like, when that that one you were looking for finally popped. And you're like, oh, cool, like, it's what I was looking for, I don't have to run away now. But, like, that was so grueling at the same time. Now it's just, like, they're just there. Like, it was like, and they could probably do both, where you you go into the grass, and you can just run around, and random encounters happen, but also Pokemon pop out. So you can pick and choose as well. Like, so I don't think so. The way that they do this, you definitely don't have to do random battles at all. Well, yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, for future titles, like they they could they, maybe they'll do both. Random like, battles are they're they're a thing of the past. Yeah, absolutely. that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Thank you. And it, I remember what was it? I think it was um, X and Y, maybe even Black and White, where they incorporated the uh, super secret Pokemon. Where if you run around back and forth, you see rustling grass, and you go to that. Yeah. Like, maybe they can do something like that with Pokemon wa- walking around as well, but... Yeah, maybe. There, I, I will also say there, there's a good scale to this game. Um, Pokemon look big when they're supposed to be big. Yeah. Um, I posted it on the, the OneQuest Instagram, but, like... So when you're in Diglett Cave, like, Diglets are super tiny. Yeah. So, like, you're running around, these things are barely visible. But then when you're in, um, like, Rock Tunnel... Um, the first time you see a fucking Onyx, he's ginormous. Yeah. And then when you battle an Onyx, especially if you throw out, like, a small Pokemon, like, I had an Oddish when I battled Brock's Onyx, like, the scale difference in size between the two was kind of staggering. The funny thing, though, is, like, Onyx is only supposed to be about eight feet tall. I thought it was supposed to be taller than that. I think they're only supposed to be about twice the size of a human at most, which would be eight to ten feet, like... Well, I mean, I'm six foot, so, or I'm just under six foot, so... 
average here. That's 12. I'm just saying, like... Your, not, your average male is like, six foot. It, it, like, what I'm saying is, like, in the Pokemon anime, they had the one sequence where it was, like, the giant uh, Dragonite. Yeah. Dragonite's actually only supposed to be, like, maybe a few feet taller than a Yeah, human. I think Dragonite's are, like, eight feet. Yeah. So. But, like, so that's why they didn't know it was a Dragonite in that episode, too, because yeah. it was so big. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think of something, and I forget what it is now. But it's like um the, the, one of the like Gen three or four Pokemon, the ferret. He's like a six foot fa- fucking ferret. Like the thing is huge. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, that's Pokemon Let's Go is fun. I'm looking forward to more. Um, if you have it and you do the Pokemon Go Park, um, I I, th- I don't know if it's every day, every time, once a week. But if you transfer a Pokemon over in Pokemon Go, you get a mystery box. The mystery box basically drops a Meltan lore. So that you can collect Meltan. Yeah. Um, they just pop up and you just have to... It's it's just like... It, lures are the things that lure Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah, obviously that's the fucking name. Sorry. Um, yeah, so like I, I did that earlier today when I realized I had gotten the box. And it did just... It popped like five of them around me like over a half hour. Because that's okay. how long the lure thing lasts. Yeah. Um, because the only way to get the evolution in Let's Go is to evolve Meltan and go and then transfer it over. Okay. There's no, like, level to get them to. Yeah. Um, Meltan is 400 candy to evolve, though. Well, yeah. Meltan, based on the, um, based on the lore, Meltan only evolves when there's a bunch around. So it makes sense that you need a lot of candy to evolve it, not a level to evolve. Yeah, which makes That's, sense. Or that was the lore that they did when they were bringing Meltan into Pokemon Go with the whole, like, teaser stuff before Let's Go came out. So it makes sense. There's also there's a there's a Meltan quest in Pokemon Let's Go, which I'm working on doing, but I fucked up and didn't play enough over the past two weeks. And they had a Let's Go event going on that had a lot of the Pokemon that you needed to catch in order to do it. I'm only like step three, and oh. I'm not like they had uh uh one of them is catch an Aerodactyl, which they had uh uh Pokestop um dailies daily rewards. For to catch an Aerodactyl, it was hatched two eggs. I had two of them, so I have one ready to go and one that I can catch. But it's step nine that I need oh. in order to... And from then till now, I still have to do, like, a handful of raids, a handful of great throws, and uh, a couple of different, like, catch other Pokemon, like Anorath or Mareep and things like that that aren't available right now. Or not aren't available. I need to find them and hope I can catch them, so... It's ridiculous, but it's cool that that game is actually doing good. I'm I'm actually excited to try and hopefully get it eventually. Yeah, and just so in the app, yeah, it literally puts a picture of the Switch after you connect it. Okay. I don't know if you see it under where the eggs are. Yeah, I see it. But I was actually just trying to look for you. Um. Oh, I guess I can't just see how much it is to trade it. I was gonna. I like. I'm. I'm happy to trade you one of these. Uh, like I don't need them. It's. It's going to cost. At least eighty thousand uh, Stardust, if not more. I'll find it in two seconds. I just have to find the image. Yeah, I mean, I have like two hundred thousand Stardust apparently because I don't know what uh, to do. with All right, because Meltan is legendary. He is new, and we would just be good friends. It would cost a million Stardust each. Holy shit! Yeah, it's if we were best friends, even new as a legendary, it would still cost forty thousand Stardust. Okay, no, never mind. Sorry. Yeah, you can't trade him to me. At least not for ninety days. If we give, if if one of us, 
if one of us gifts the other one, or if we gift each other for the next 90 days straight, we become best friends, and it drops it down to 40,000. Yeah, there's no way I'm going to turn this game on every day for 90 days. You just have to turn it on, collect my gift, and then close it. Like, I will not remember to do that, because it's so... It will send you a notification every time I send you a gift. Oh, I have notifications turned off. Well, you For turn everything. Them, you turn those on, motherfucker. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm not... I, I'm not too worried about it, because I will eventually get Let's Go. Yeah, that's fair. And get Meltan... Or get Mel, so, Mel Metal's Evolution. So, the one one other downside I found out is you can only get Mew if you get the Pokeball, Pokeball Go Plus. So really? The, yeah, so the $99 version of Let's Go comes with it. And Mew is and Mew inside, is of, inside it. of it. Right. Um, if you buy just the standalone, Mew is also in that. But that is currently the only way to get Mew. That's hopefully they add some some other way. Or I mean, I've got Mew. I have the yeah. original one fifty one. So, so you can trade Mew into it, obviously, yeah. um, or transfer Mew into it, or you can trade with somebody else in the game if somebody has a Mew. Yeah. But the only way to like, I guess, get it on your own without transferring from something. Is the Pokeball Pokeball Go Plus? That's dumb. I mean, at least it's a way to get it if you don't play Go and don't have any friends. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I guess that's an episode. That sounds like an episode. Um. Thanks for listening. Uh. If you want to find more of our stuff, you can head over www.one-quest.com. You can help us by supporting us over at Patreon.com/slash-onequest. We are on all your favorite podcast platforms like Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, etc. Uh, or you can just use your favorite app like Podcast Addict. Um, we have social media, facebook.com slash onequestonline, at one underscore quest on Twitter and Instagram. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash onequestvideo. And you can email us social at one-quest.com. Um, and this weekend, we talked about it a little bit at the beginning, uh, it's PAX Unplugged. Uh, I will be there. Druton will be there. Our wives will be there. Walnut may be there. May be there. Um, so we'll have stuff from PAX Unplugged to talk about next week. Uh, probably a bunch of pictures will go up on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and stuff over the weekend. Uh, lots of board games to play and see, maybe purchase, who knows. It was fun last year, I'm looking forward to it this year. Yeah. But yeah, that's it, we'll be back next week. Thanks again for listening. Bye. See ya.